back it is episode 37 of keeping it 200 on this fourth of july weekend happy fourth of july to everybody that is celebrating in america or wherever you're at got the second man of our show tavon jameson here with us uh tavon i did do like a test run to start off the show but uh. i did but then what i did though was i sent trey a message because we haven't had trey on here in a long time so that's uh, why I was trying to get him on there, but he didn't um, respond to any of my messages. He will probably come on whenever he does. Um, but anyway, so Tavon, how'd you enjoy uh, another day off? It was good. Yeah, I, I will agree the same thing. Um, I watched the Hawks Bucks Thursday night, um, and the Bucks did win. I mean, but I didn't think the Bucks were going to win. Yeah. That. I didn't. I didn't think the Bucks were going to have that great of a game. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta, me neither. Atlanta did get the game close to where it didn't look like they lost bad. But if you saw the whole game, Atlanta was down by a lot the entire game. I was almost close about my um, prediction though. Um, Thursday, I said Chris Middleton was going to finish with thirty points, but it was Brooke Lopez that finished with thirty three. Mm-hmm. So I did not win a jersey. Um, and everything like that, but I mean, hey, I mean, it was definitely a fun show that we did Thursday and stuff. Uh, Tavon, um, I gotta ask you though. Here, did you see the first episode of WandaVision? Yes, I did. I saw it um, yesterday, just in time before SmackDown. Ah, uh, I and I watched uh, WandaVision right after the Bucks Hawks game because um, right after that game, I was just like, man, I said, I said, I gotta definitely just watch something else, and I watched WandaVision. Um, I, and I will say this here, though, before we get into our review and everything like that here, um, getting into some other news and notes here on the show today. Um, I, I wanted to ask you this here, Tavon, um, after we talked about the name, image, and likeliness rule now that is now in the NCAA, um, what was your thoughts now after you've now sat on it the last two days and have thought um, about this new rule and – do you think that schools like BYU and Notre Dame are going to maybe not bend the rules, but ignore certain things when it comes to the next couple of years? Like, because I was mentioning how BYU, you know, their students and everyone there has to, you know, they can't drink caffeine. They have to be neatly pressed and all this. And, you know, they're not going to be able to make money just because of the BYU jersey that they wear. But do you think that maybe BYU will be like, well, you know what? They can wear the jersey and make money off that. Do you think they would maybe maybe lean towards, you know, not 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 bending it, but just, you know, being more um, being more open to it? They should probably be more like open to it. Like, they don't really have to be all extra, <laughs> like we said before, but, yeah, um, they should be more more open, basically. Well, I will say this here, though. Of course, um, when you and I did this show Thursday, on Thursday night, after the Bucks-Hawks game, there was a oh, bunch of talk on Twitter. And it was, and, and WandaVision's a really easy show to get through, because the show says 30 minutes. Whoa. 
but it's really like a 17 minute show because like 10 minutes of it is just credits which you don't even understand why there's like 10 minutes of credits on to end a Disney Plus show. I was like I said how is this 10 minutes of credits? Like do we have to think this many people like on a 10 minute credit like even on SmackDown, they don't even do that. Even in WWE, they don't even do that. You're like you'll see, like they like they like when the show goes off the air, you see that little SmackDown copyrighted 2021. That's it. You don't see nothing else. And it, it was just, um, but anyways, there was a bunch of talk. There was this talk where people were asking how much could Jimmer for debt had made when he was at BYU because. They did treat Jimmer Fredette like a huge, and I mean a huge, second coming in basketball. But then again, everyone did because everyone thought Jimmer Fredette was going to be this guy. But he only does it in China. He's not the guy in the NBA that we've all known. But but I've got to ask you this here, Tavon. How much money do you think Jimmer Fredette can make? Do you think he could have made over $5 million? Or do you think he could have made maybe even more? He could have been... Um... He could have made like pretty much like ten million, I think. I, I definitely agree. Uh, that th- no question, especially the year that he had in twenty ten when he won the high uh, when he won the not the Heisman. What is the award? The John Wooden Award. I think he could have definitely made that. Um, of course, there was then more talk of was Jimmer for debt bigger than Zion, um, and and. To me, no, I don't think Jimmy Fredette was bigger than Zion because Jimmy Fredette only had one year where he was really popular as a senior, and Zion's one year was more bigger. And then we had the talk where, well, is Johnny Manziel bigger than Zion Williamson? And I would say no to that still, but it's close. Tim Tebow being bigger than Zion, yes, uh, no question on that one. Uh, Cam Newton being bigger than Zion, I think it's the same amount to both. Um, Marcus Mariota, there was a conversation, was he bigger than Zion in college? No, Marcus Mariota was big in California, but he was never big in um, around the world because, remember, Oregon that year lost the national championship game to Cam Newton and the Auburn Tigers. Um, but, I mean, but I mean, there, but I, I do have to ask you this year. Do you think there is a college basketball athlete that was bigger than Zion's one year at Duke in 2018? Hmm. Hmm, not gonna lie, maybe RJ Barrett because he was he was supposed to be the number one pick, but then things changed. I mean, I went. I mean, I saw Duke that year. I mean, RJ was a projected top five pick. He was, but I wouldn't say he was bigger than Zion because I I covered all that. Um, I'm trying to think who would be. I would definitely say John Wall. John Wall definitely was at at his time in Kentucky with that one year. Trying to think of another. Um, it's kind of really tough, though, you know, because because I, I, I try to name other Duke athletes. You know, Austin Rivers was not that big. Jabari Parker was not compared to the Zion. Um, Jahil Okafor definitely was not. Um, so, I mean, it is tough. Mm-hmm. It is. J.J. I mean, Wedick? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, definitely J.J. Um, 
especially uh, because there's going to be an episode that we're going to have to do on J.J. Reddick and just how the Maryland Terrapins wanted to kill this poor man. I mean, of, cor- of course, J.J. Reddick has even said, you know, on his podcast that he regrets going to Duke. He, he actually doesn't have fun talking about his college basketball experience anymore. Um, because he was actually he he actually hated his college basketball year when he looks back at it now, um, which is very sad to see because you know in North Carolina JJ is known for being one of the biggest Duke stars ever and everything like that. Um, you know if you can go into the Duke Hall of Fame and you see all this stuff of JJ, literally um, his jersey. Uh, everything so it's it's very sad to see that jj's not happy with the college experience however there are some things that jj did that was funny as hell though um one thing was um when he was mad at the maryland terrapins he made a poem and espn aired this poem (laughs) and this poem sounded terrible it's like the biz doing a promo of that poem, like um, during the holiday time on Raw just last year. Oh, it was, <laughs> TLC. It was, yeah, it was that bad. It was like, oh, good God! I was like, I was like, no wonder he didn't like the college basketball no more. He, I, but then again, he should have gotten mad at ESPN. That's not on Duke, though. We didn't tell him to go make some poem. <laughs> like, um. Anyway, so Euro twenty twenty one. Right now, Ukraine and England are playing today at three o'clock. Of course. One half of the semifinals has already been set. Italy versus Spain. So Ash and I's top two picks are actually now in this to make the finals. He said Spain was going to win, and I said Italy was going to win. So Tuesday, we'll find out who's actually going to be um, making it to the finals. Uh, Tavon, I do have to ask you, though, who do you think is going to win the semifinals Tuesday, Italy or Spain? I'll say Spain. I'm going to say Italy wins it. They win 1-0. Uh, Ukraine-England today. England is a heavy favorite over the Ukraine. Um, I, I have a feeling you, I have a feeling that England actually might choke this game today. I've got Ukraine winning um, 2-1. Um, Tavon, what about you? Um, England. England? Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, the finals for the Euro 2021 will be next Sunday, July 11th, 3 p.m. So make sure to be checking that out. I'm definitely going to be. Um, NHL, though, Tavon, the Montreal oh, Canadiens, um, you and I both thought they were going to be able to win game three. They didn't win game three at all. They lost 6-3. They're down 3-0. Only one NHL team in history has ever came back from being down 3-0 to win the Stanley Cup Finals. In the Stanley Cup Finals, that, of course, was in 1942 when the Toronto Maple Leafs did it. So it's pretty much now give and go that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to win Game 4. Or do you think Mm. the Canadians can pull off one game in Game 4 and then just lose in gentlemen's sweep in five in Tampa Bay? Uh, sure, I, I say Tampa wins. Yeah, yeah, I, I got the feeling that Tampa's just, they're going to win. How about this year, though? Uh, for England, Jordan Pickford has zero goals allowed in the last 606 minutes as a goalie. That's actually incredible. Um, 
That's actually incredible. I, I'm just watching the the Euro preview on um, ABC while, um, and you know he's actually the first goalkeeper in Euro history with a shutout in each of his first four starts. That's actually incredible. Very credible stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, NBA stuff though. Of course, uh, we had one game Thursday night that we're just going to get into quickly. The um, Bucks did lose that game. They lost. Uh, the Bucks won that game. Sorry, one twenty three, one twelve. Uh, Brooke Lopez, like we mentioned, 14 of 18, 33 points. Chris Middleton, 10 of 20, 26 points. Uh, Drew Holiday, 9 of 20, 25 points. Bobby Portis, 9 of 20, 22 points. There's really not a lot that you can't really say why the Bucks didn't win this game. They had four starters, all over 20 or more. That's incredible. Um, and then, of course, we look at Atlanta. Uh, Bodan Bonjanovic, 10 of 22, 7 of 16 from three. On 28 points, uh, Lou Williams, 8 of 15, 17 points. Uh, John Collins, 7 of 16, 19 points. And Danilo Garnari, 5 of 11, 2 of 4, with 19 points on 7 of 7 from the free throw um, line. Um, Got to talk to you about this here, though, Tavon. Uh, when you, when we saw the Hawks in this game. They they didn't have an answer for Brooke Lopez. They didn't have an answer for Middleton. They didn't have an answer for Holiday. They didn't have an answer for Portis. Um. We look at game six tonight. There's not going to be no Giannis for the Bucks. Trey Young is questionable for this game for Atlanta. I've got to ask you this here. Can Atlanta win this game tonight and pull it to game seven tonight? Or do you think that it's too late now for the Atlanta Hawks? I think it's a wee bit too late for the Hawks. Um, it's kind of unfortunate, but yeah, last... Yeah, the last game, yeah, Milwaukee, they they really killed them. I mean, Bobby Portis, um, I give credit to him. He stepped up pretty much big time. And I'm giving my props to um, Chris Middleton because he also stepped up big time. Oh, and also Brooke Lopez as well. He, He really stepped up big time with those 33 points. So with... With that, with that kind of performances of those three guys, yeah, it, it it's probably safe to say that Milwaukee has gotten there with them. Um, I, I will say though, every time I say that like someone's gonna win, they always just they always just lose. And in Atlanta's case, it was the same thing with the Philadelphia series. They would have one great game, and then they have one bad game. They have one great game, and then they have one bad game. The Hawks are the favorite. Money line minus one thirty at home. They are the minus two point spread favorite. If Trey Young plays, I say the Atlanta Hawks definitely win this game because I can't see Trey Young, you know, getting this team bounced out at home. I got this feeling Trey Young and Atlanta are going to win if Trey Young plays. Um, so that's my prediction for the game six tonight. Of course, now we're going to be getting into one division now. Tavon, it was the very first episode. Um, of course, we will be reviewing episodes two and three Monday night after Raw. That is the next time we'll be on Keeping It 200. So so, so uh, we'll be reviewing episodes two and three. It's only nine episodes in the season one, people, if you yeah. haven't checked it out. Um, but, Tavon, what, is, what was your thoughts, though, initially on the very first episode of WandaVision? Um, it, was a, um, it was an interesting episode i mean not gonna lie um 
it was a it had some it had some good moments in there. I mean, you basically have Wanda and Vision, and they're a couple. And and yeah, I just gotta I just gotta say, I mean, it's pretty much not gonna lie. It's kind of it's kind of a bit. It yeah, I'm not gonna lie. The whole the whole like um. Of how this all takes place, I mean, not gonna lie, it's kind of confusing because, like, it it's like okay, so this show takes place at their at their Avengers Endgame, of course, but it's like Wanda, I don't know, it's like Wanda and Vision. It's it it looks like they time time traveled <laughs> time traveled to like the nineteen fifties or something. Pretty much, but then at the end, I mean, you realize that yeah, it's 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 kind of like oh, it's uh, a TV sh- show of 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 a nineteen fifties interpretation of Wanda and, and Vision, pretty much. But yeah, um, it was a it was an interesting, good episode. It had its funny moments there and. By the looks of it, I mean, yeah, it, yeah, we'll, I, well, <laughs> let's see what happens in the next episode. Well, I'm going to give my initial thoughts here. The The 1950s show that they were trying to portray was the Dick Van Dyke show. Ah. So, that, so that's what it was actually trying to portray. Now, of course, this show to me, it, now, now, now all the questions that you've asked, they're going to be explained in the nine episodes, but you have to get like – here's the thing about these Disney shows. They're going to start ass backwards, and then you got to like come up with these weird theories, and then they actually make you look like an idiot with your weird theories after. It's like, like oh, we thought that so-and-so was going to be here. No, 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 no. Who told you that <laughs> there was going to be there? And then, and then you feel like an idiot because you're like, well, I did all this planning for nothing, and – and it feels like they're laughing at you in a way, and it actually is like funny as hell. <laughs> but at the same time, though, you be like pissed off because you came up with all these ideas. Um, I will say though here, and I'm gonna spoil this one thing here because he's not on the show. Uh, I thought Thanos was actually gonna be on here, but he's not here. So so Thanos will never be approaching. So so that is sad. Now of course the now of course the first scene is funny as hell. Because Wanda and Vision are driving into their new home. And the mailman waves. And Wanda waves. And then Vision puts his hat over his head. Because he doesn't <laughs> want no one to see that he's actually some robot. So then, so then what's funny is, here's the next part that's funny as hell. They get out the car. And you know how the groom always put, um, carries the bride in through the house. And, mm-hmm. and that's like tradition. Okay, well, he goes through the house and he forgets Wanda. I was like, how the hell you forget your wife? And he walks in, he's like, oh shit, I forgot my wife. But he didn't give a shit that ever he was going out and opening the door. He didn't care if no one saw him dead with his robot on. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, but but then but then it was like it was a cheesy way to open the show. But it was cute though. It was like it was like it, it was like this dude's really clumsy, but she's like the one that has to put everything together. 
So then she's washing dishes to start the first scene. And she's drying the dishes off. And then one of the dishes just hits Vision's head. And then he's like, my wife and her flying saucers. (laughs) (laughs) And then Wanda literally brings the plate back to life, but she doesn't even wash the damn plate. Like, that plate just hit his head in the floor. He didn't even wash his body or nothing. <laughs> Clean that plate, man. That is... No wonder we, no wonder we had COVID and shit, man. We've been people doing that. She just literally just... She literally just put that plate right back up there. I'm like, that plate just hit that dirty floor and everything. I know you're gonna clean it. So... And then the, and then the show is funny as hell because... They they see the heart on the calendar, but they don't know what the heart's for. And Vision is usually someone that can remember everything, but in this show, he's forgetting this one thing. He thinks that it, him and Wanda doesn't know what the heart is, <laughs> and they and they keep like thinking, okay, well, what's this heart? What's this heart? What's this heart? And they just say, you know what? We're going to celebrate this tonight because they think it's their anniversary or something and she keeps looking at it and then of course the um agnes her neighbor comes in and agnes comes in with the perfect line i don't know how you could start off a better show with the perfect character she's like she's like how you doing neighbor my name is agnes she's like she's like i'm to your right not my right you're right i'm like what the hell now if you ever hear someone say Texas, right? That means you're down. So, so if you ever get confused if someone says like, "Oh, hey, hey, Texas left for Texas right," that's your down. So, so don't ever get confused if someone tries to do that because in Texas they actually try to make fun of people that way. Um, but of course, Agnes comes in, and you know, I, I will say this here: Agnes is already a beautiful woman, better than Wanda to me in this show. I don't know how. But I just have this feeling Agnes is going to be more beautiful than Wanda when we look at the show as a whole. But Wanda is very beautiful too. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just this is a two-way tie at the moment. So then Agnes comes in and she says, she says, "Golly, she, you guys moved in fast. Did you guys use a moving company?" She's like, Wanda was like, "I sure did." You think these boxes move themselves? <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, I was like, well, in your world, Wanda, actually, they do, like, because you do move boxes. So then Agnes said, like, so what's a single guy like you doing here? And Wanda said, well, I'm actually married. Agnes said, well, why don't you have a ring on your finger? She's like, I am, assure you, I am happily married. And then Agnes starts saying, so when was your guys' wedding? She's like, oh, you know. We've been married for years. Like, <laughs> she said, oh, that a girl. She said, what's your guys' song? She's like, uh... She's like, what did you have at your wedding? She's like, uh... Like, <laughs> it's like an off show. So then Vision goes to his new job, and literally this dude is like an accountant, and this dude's just typing up shit fast. He literally got literally a whole year's work of work done in like five minutes. And then he said, oh, here you go, Ralph. And then Ralph <laughs> says, jeez, Vision, how'd you do that? And then, and then there was this song that was playing called Yakety Yak. And then he asked Vision, he said, Vision, does this music bother you? He said, the nonsensical lyrics or the fact this uh, music is bothering us at work? He said the first one. Uh, he said, "Oh, thank you, Norm." He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, no, not at all. 
So, <laughs> so, so then this, so then it gets funny because then Mr. Hart comes in, and they go back to work doing everything, and then Mr. Hart asks Vision. He said, he said, my wife and I are looking forward to this evening, and Vision's like, oh, he's like, oh, dinner with Mr. and Mrs. Hart. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Mr. Hart said, that's what I just said, Vision. He said, you got a loose wire or something? He's like, oh, no, all my bolts are tight. <laughs> I was already loving this show after, after like, seven minutes. And then, and then he, said, he said, well, he said, I sure hope you're ready for tonight. He said, employee dinners was a rite of passage for new hires. He said, Jones failed over there miserably. And then they show poor Jones getting having a box and Joe's literally didn't even do anything wrong at the dinner he said my wife thought five courses would be sufficient and Mr. <laughs> Hart said well that was partly an excuse for entertainment he said and then Joe said a string quartet <laughs> and then he said he said and then you're disparaging display of beatnik of this city and Joe said I just wore a turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jones, man. Jones didn't get... And Jones literally went out his way to make this dude happy. And, like, this dude didn't give two rat's asses. <laughs> so then Agnes and Wanda in the next scene are literally... They're, they're reading, like, a magazine. I guess it would be, like, what women would read today. I don't know what, what magazine women read. I guess it's, like, People Magazine or Cosmo, whatever. I, I, I don't know which one it is. But anyways... It was the husband issue. It's called glamorous. And Agnes said, she said, well, you know, there is a way to, like, get a man, like she said, she said, stumble in a room so he can catch you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, is that the way women actually used to do shit back in the 50s? Like, they stumble into a room to get a man's attention? Like, say <laughs> what, if a woman falls on me and she fat as hell. We got a legit problem because I'm not helping her make ass up. I'm sorry. I'm not helping no big bitch up. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be like uh, discriminative or nothing. But I'm sorry. I'm not picking up no big bitch. For real. No. Like. No. Like. Like if anything, you gonna be picking me up. Like because not because you ain't getting ready to follow me. No. But, but but if you a pretty woman and you fall and you blonde headed, I'm automatically gonna say you had a dumb blonde moment. I'm gonna automatically say that because we all know. Blonde haired women always have a dumb moment. So, so I mean, but but if you're a beautiful woman and you fall, I guess it does work, but it's it's hard to say. I don't know how. It, I, I don't know if it ever worked in the fifties for women. You know, I, I would ask a woman in the fifties, but I'm pretty sure that none of them can give me an answer now. Um, so then Wanda answers the phone. She says, "Vision residence," and then Vision's like. I must confess, I'm rather nervous. And, she, and Wanda said, "Well, why, Vision?" He's like, "He's like, come on, Wanda. You know, I still get tongue tied at this." Like, <laughs> and Wanda's like, "Oh, Vision. Like, like she thinks that Vision's talking about her. He ain't even talking about <laughs> you." And then, and then Vision is saying, "Like, if th tonight doesn't go well, this could be the end." Except he's not being specific about what the end can mean. He should have just said, "Look here, my wife and his boss are coming to dinner tonight." You know, instead, he's literally just making Wanda sound so confused. So Wanda thinks that they're going to get a divorce if the night doesn't go well. And then, and then Wanda said, and then Vision says, 
He said, he said, he said, he said, you know, he said, you know, the best course of action is to impress the wife. And then <laughs> Wanda says, and I think the best course of action is to impress the husband. He said, <laughs> then right on, my dear. I, was, I like Vision, man. Vision is literally perfect. If they had this much personality for Vision in the Avengers, you know, people would have actually been crying when Thanos killed him. If, if, he, if he had this much personality in the Avengers movies... I mean, my goodness, man. Dude, you know how many people would have been crying in the movie theaters? Instead, I remember going to the movie theaters when the Avengers happened, and it was that exact same scene where Vision lost his Vision Stone, and Thanos ripped it from him. And I remember, no one did not cry when Wanda had to kill Vision. No one did not cry. And then when Thanos had the Mind Stone to then go back in time and reverse it, Everyone in the movie theater did this. They went from Wanda. This was how quiet they were. They were quiet. And then next thing you know, Vision comes into the scene. He reverses the thing. This is what everybody does. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. What? Thanos. 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 This dude, these motherfuckers were shitting Thanos and shit. They were, they were going crazy. And then he rips I guess Vision had X-Pac heat. <laughs> I guess I guess he did. And the next thing I know, they ripped the... They had... Thanos ripped the stone from him, okay? And then this is what you and then this is what you hear next. You hear everybody cheering. Cheering <laughs> like it was like the WrestleMania main event. I was like, what the hell? I'm like, damn, this man just and, and then and then they have and then they show the vi- and then they show like a scene later where Wanda's hugging the dead vision and no one doesn't even react. Everyone starts <laughs> there's like a couple of boo like like get off the scene. Like I'm like, whoa, I'm like this woman just lost her husband. I'm like, <laughs> you guys are some sick bastards if you guys think that. Cool. Like exactly. Daniel Bryan says. <laughs> exactly. So then, but I remember seeing the Avengers movie where Tony Stark died at the end. It was the last uh, Avengers movie that they did. And remember, he killed himself and Thanos to save the world. Everyone was crying in the movie theater that night. Everyone was. Everyone, every, everyone, and then they even had YouTube videos and shit of Tony crying, and every, they had people of everybody crying. Like, no, there was not a dry house in the house. And then when Pepper Potts went over to Tony and said, you can rest now, that's when everyone started boohooing and crying. But poor Vision, they didn't, and, and then when Wanda came into the thing, and she said, you took everything I love, and Thanos said, I don't even know who you are. That's when everyone just started laughing in the damn theater. I'm like, you guys really <laughs> hate it, Wanda and Vision. I'm like, I'm like, I can see why people may have not wanted to watch WandaVision at first. Because they were probably like, you know what? Didn't we make fun of this couple in the last two movies? Like, And now they're like, literally like, and, and, and they got their own show. It's just like, it's just like sad. So then, of course, we have our infomercial in the show. It's the new and approved Toastmaker 2000 because <laughs> because the toaster I guess is always like burning shit up, and this toast and this toastmaker actually feels like it takes forever because literally what happens is it takes like five minutes to make this damn toast, and this toast is like taking like five whole minutes like, and then and then just like sitting there and just like pausing, and this guy's like trying to say oh this machine is more shinier than ever I'm like. No one doesn't give a shit about this shiny machine. Like, <laughs> and then, and then the um, caption is, 
forget uh forget the past this is your future by stark industries and i was like oh. i said oh you guys had to really throw in one of them references like <laughs> I, I was laughing. So then, of course, um, Mr. and Mrs. Hart come into the house with Vision. And then, of course, Vision says, here we are. And then uh, Mrs. Hart says, she says this funny line. She said, how very atmospheric. And then Mr. Hart said, what's going on here, Vision? You blew a fuse. <laughs> <laughs> And then Vision said, pardon me while I just go fetch the lady of the house. Wanda <laughs> comes in from out of nowhere, wearing like this like nightgown, I guess it's supposed to be like lingerie. And she literally just uh, puts her hands back behind Mr. Hart's head. She said, guess who? <laughs> and then Vision turns on the light. He said, Wanda. She said, Vision. He's like, oh. And then Mr. Hart. It was like, what's the meaning of their slang? <laughs> and then the mission and Wanda said, well, uh, yeah, what's the meaning of this? And of course, said, yeah, the meaning of it. Like he said, uh, the, the meaning is a uh, Slovakian greeting of hospitality. <laughs> so what the hell? I said, she said, he's like, guess who? She said, is, who's that behind me? Is that my husband? Like, it certainly is. So then, uh, he said, he said, did I forget to mention that my wife is from Europe? <laughs> which, which Wanda's character is technically supposed to be from Europe. Yeah. Actually. She's actually supposed to be. And then this is what Mr. Hart said. She said, oh, how exotic. <laughs> and then this is what Mr. Hart says. He says the most racist part of the whole damn show. He said, we don't break bread with Bolshnikovs. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, you really got a problem with this man. Man, you really got a problem with this man and his wife, man. Like, he had to say some racist stuff. He's like, <laughs> he's like we don't even break bread with Bolshevikos. He's like, I'm not doing this. Like, I, I thought Vision was going to get fired right after that because I'm like, man, you just let this dude insult your wife, man. I'm like, okay, well, fuck it. I'm like, <laughs> and then this starts like, oh, hush, Art. And she said, have you no culture at all? Like, I'm not dressed. <laughs> and then this is like, yeah, he's, he said, it's so, so, and then Wanda said, Slovakian, it is what it, what it is. And he said, yes. <laughs> so then they have to go into the kitchen. And then Vision's like, um, he said, Wanda, what are you wearing? And then, and then, uh, and then Wanda's like, she said, she said, what are they here? She said, and then Vision's like, what are you wearing? Like, <laughs> Vision really was horny at a bad time. And then, like, and then, and then Wanda said, well, I thought tonight was our anniversary. Vision was like, anniversary of what? She said, well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and then, and then, and then that's when I realized, I said, yeah, they're definitely a married couple now. I said, because this is where people do forget their anniversaries and shit right afterwards. <laughs> so then, of course, it's the funniest shit ever. And he said, he said that, that boss in there, that's my boss, Mr. Hart. That's why I put the heart on the calendar. And then he said, that's his dear lady wife, Mrs. Hart. And he said, he said, the heart was abbreviation. And then this is what Wanda has the best part. She said, she said you move at the speed of sound and can make a pin float through the air, but you can't even know what abbreviation means? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, man, you don't have to be that rude. 
So then he says, darling, listen, it's all romantic, the candles, the music and stuff. He said, but my boss and his wife are expecting a home-cooked meal for a family of four. I'm like, in five minutes, like... He really must have thought Wanda was Superman at this point because he was like, he's like, he's like, you know what, Wanda? He's like, I appreciate what you did, and I'm gonna have sex with you later. But right now, can you make a, a lovely dinner for my boss and his wife and myself, like in under five minutes? Like, I mean, come on, even Superman can't even go to the grocery store at the speed of light if he really doesn't know he's out of Mister Pib. So, so how are you trying to make it all about yourself? I, I was laughing my ass off from this one. That, that was, like, the most funniest part. So then, of course, Wanda just changes into a new dress immediately. And then, of course, Mr. Hart is literally talking in the room, and Mrs. Hart is, like, looking all confused and shit. And fun fact, the, a woman that plays Mrs. Hart is actually the mother on that 70s show. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, very good show. You know, I, I, I will say, when you're a kid, that 70s show is not, like, funny. But when you get older... You actually understand the show. You actually really do because, like, it, it's nothing but and, – and, of course, if no one doesn't understand that 70s show, it's nothing but a bunch of teens, Mina Kulis and Ashton Kutcher, smoking marijuana in the basement. <laughs> and they're high as hell. And, and the whole purpose of the show is they're always high as hell, and the parents are just sick of the main character because um, they want to move the hell out the house. And, and it's, it, it's a funny show. Uh, and fun fact, Mina Kulis and um, Ashton Kutcher are actually married and have kids. So, so I mean, so I mean, the show does work out. So, of course, Mr. Hart said, <clears throat> if we orient the forms horizontally rather than vertically, we can use twice the paper, we can build twice the costs. And I can think of someone in 2021 of Daniel Bryan watching this show and saying, "Yep, this show's off." Honey, do you don't care about environmental friendly people? <laughs> I can see poor Bernie crying right after her dad turned off his TV show because Bernie probably would enjoy WandaVision. But if Daniel Bryan heard this line, you and I both know Daniel Bryan is actually very, very environmentally friendly and everything like that. We mm. all know Daniel Bryan would turn off this show immediately, and poor <laughs> Bernie would be crying for five whole minutes because Bernie doesn't understand the reference, but Daniel Bryan does. And and I can see Daniel Bryan just saying, nope. He's like, they're teaching our kids how to literally not save the environment. I'm like, <laughs> it's the 50s. They didn't give a shit about their own fucking health for ten minutes, so what makes you think they're going to care about some environment that they're not even going to be alive in, in 60 years? <laughs> I would have. I, 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 I felt so bad if Daniel Bryan really did turn off this. But I have a feeling he did, though, because I have a feeling Bernie would watch his Disney Plus and probably watch this episode. And Daniel Bryan came in, he's like. <laughs> and Daniel Bryan was like, telling Bernie, trust me, you don't want to hang out with this kind of guy, Bernie. He's sick. Very sick. Like, I'm like, man. I've been pretty bros. I like. Man, my husband's really a weirdo on this one. Like, yeah, you got you you picking an issue on a PG show on Disney. <laughs> but 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 I bet that part where Mr. Hart said we don't break bread with Europeans, I bet that part didn't get erased. Like, okay. <laughs> so then, so then of course Vision just starts laughing, and then he's like, "You're truly a pioneer," and he doesn't even mean that. He said, "But the large purpose of the Forbes is that Mr. Hart said." Well, to analyze our input and our output, and Vision says, huh, 
You're awfully dis, aren't you, Vision? That's what Mr. Hart says. He's like, because Mr. Hart's like, he's like, man, are you really like a dumbass or what, man? Like, man, like, and, and it's true that how do you not know what your job is? Like, literally, you don't know if you're buying or selling stuff. You don't know what you're inputting and outputting. You're literally just filling out stuff all day. So, so was Vision just doing like two plus two like eight hundred thousand times? If that was the case, because it isn't like no one's like even understanding this. Uh, Agnes comes in the next scene, and she's actually able to bring like a bunch of food, but of course she can't cook the damn food right now. So of course um, Agnes has to like insult her husband Ralph all the time. She's like, the only thing <laughs> Ralph much. wants That's to funny. Eat. She's like, she's like, the only thing Ralph wants to eat is baked beans. The only time Ralph remembers our date if there was a beer can that said June 2nd. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, when did insult your husband? I'm like, and then, of course, um, she wants to explain, and then Agnes is trying to explain everything to Cook. And then the first thing you hear is a pot cling, and Mrs. And then Mrs. is like, "Oh my!" And Mr. Hart's <laughs> pissed, and Mrs. Hart says, "Oh, oh, do you think Wanda needs help in the kitchen? We haven't had tidbits or tartlets out here, or a pig in a blanket." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, man, you really insulted this guy's wife now too. You really that hungry for a pig in a blanket now?" And then. And then uh, Vision's like, no, no that, that's some kind of you, Mrs. Hart. But I'm sure she's absolutely fine in there. So then she just starts yelling. <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, oh, well, thank you, Agnes. I think I got it covered from here. She's like, oh, are you sure, dear? She said, many hands make light work. And I was like, uh, is that supposed to be a PG reference? Like, <laughs> I, I honestly thought sex reference immediately. And then she said, many mouths make good gossip. And I'm like, yeah, Agnes, you're not PG for this show, are you? Like, <laughs> I was like, uh, and, then, and, then, and then she said, oh, should I preheat the oven? And then Wanda said, oh, no need. So then, and then, and then um, Agnes said, well, I know you're in a pitch, so this menu can help you. And then she comes back in there again, trying to give all this advice for stuff. And then, and then Agnes asks, like, she's like, do you set your own jellies, dear? And Wanda said, yes. She said, good girl. <laughs> so then she said, recipe cards are on the counter. She said, bon appetit. <laughs> and then one literally just opens up like 800 cabinets. And then <laughs> that's when you hear all this noise. <laughs> and Mrs. Hart says, I sense a domestic emergency. I'm like, <laughs> what kind of word did you just say? <laughs> domestic. <laughs> like, whoa. Man, this show, I'll tell you, man. If you think this show is PG or G, they're lying to you. They make a bunch of references on this show that's just like, whoa, like, domestic emergency, Mrs. Hart had to say. And then, <laughs> and then Mrs. Hart says, like, and, and then Vision's like, he's like, Mrs. Hart, you can't, please, don't, like, and then, like, and they start singing the songs of Yakety Yak. He said, yeah, take out the paper from the trash, or you won't get no spending cash. And then Wanda's looking at him all confused. He's like, if you don't scrub the kitchen floor, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety Yak, don't talk back. And then Mrs. Hart, I guess, starts dancing and shit. Mrs. Hart dancing actually made the highlight of this show to me, because it was so funny when she started dancing. And then the cabinet's closed and she didn't know how that happened. 
<laughs> and then, and then, of course, Beast said, "Why don't we have a nice sing along with a ukulele?" And the only song Vision could think of was E I E I O. I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, "How is the only song you can think of?" Is that I said all the music that you? I was like. I said, how the hell did you think of that? <laughs> and this is hard actually sing along with him. So then Wanda's in the kitchen. She um literally she messes up the turkey. The turkey she cooked, she overcooked, then she rewinded it back, and then it became nothing but eggs. She's like too she's like too overdone. She said not enough. Like <laughs> so then Vision is there. You know, Mr. Hart makes me laugh and he doesn't even say any words on this show. He was like he was like just pissed off. You can just see how pissed off he was about this song. <laughs> and, and and he's like he's like, Oh McDonald had a farm and then Mrs. Hart singing and then Vision's like on the farm he had a and this is Mr. Hart just thinking like, Man, I wanna fire you so bad. <laughs> And then Vision said, had a pig. Uh, e I E I O. He said, with an oink oink here and an oink oink there. I'm like, man. I'm like, that's the only song you think. And, and, and I'm surprised Wanda didn't overhear all that music. But then again, she was so busy with everything else. So then she's looking for the steak card. And then and then she yells, Diane. And Vision's like, yes. And then Mr. and Mrs. Hart are confused. He's, Vision's like, I think my wife must be summoning me. And then this one started said, she calls you Diane? <laughs> I was like, I said, I, and Vision's like, yes, it's her pet name for me. <laughs> and then Mr. Hart, I could tell Mr. Hart was just like, you know what? I want him fired. He's a loose cannon. And, in, and honestly, in any other job, if, if, I, if I was his boss, I would have just immediately fired him or just went home because I'm like, this isn't even... This isn't even working. So then Vision said, I'm just coming, Fred. Give me a moment. So then, of course, Vision comes in there, and Wanda loses all the lobster. Literally. How do you lose two lobsters <laughs> in two minutes? And then and then Vision's like, is there anything I can help with? She said, well, the chicken's a coop. The lobster's now out, and the steak is the last man standing. Um, she said... She, she says it uh, can get cut down with uh, prep time with a meat tenderizer. He, and then Vision's like, excellent plan. Where's the tenderizer? And um, Wanda's like, I'm looking at him. And then uh, Mrs. Hart <laughs> opens up and she said, she said hoo-hoo. And in there, she's like, she's like, and then Wanda's like, hoo-hoo, back to you. <laughs> so then she said, finish the meat, buy the lobsters, I'll be right back. And then Wanda said, I hope you're hungry. <laughs> Mr. Hart's like, Starved is more like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, and then start sitting by and start to feel woozy. <laughs> and then Vision can't even hit a damn steak, right? Instead, he's not even hitting the damn steak. And then literally Wanda said, were either of you aware that Mary Ben or Kelly single metal? <laughs> <laughs> she literally got that from Agnes. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and Mr. Hart is like confused. He's like, what are you going on about? He said, what's going on in there? <laughs> so then she just does the fall next to him. What the hell? What the hell? She said, knock at the damn door. Uh, uh, it's more Agnes. And 
Agnes comes in. She said, oh, you didn't answer the back door. She said, she said here you go for an upside-down cake for dessert. And then Agnes like, oh, hi. And then Wanda just slams the door in her face. And then <laughs> Mr. Hart's like, who the hell is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Vision said, a salesman. Wanda said, telegram. <laughs> He's like, and then, and then, and then Vision says, a man selling telegrams. And then Wanda's like, who... Wouldn't you know? Good news is more expensive. Like I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was laughing my ass off. And then this is said, I couldn't buy the lobsters. Did you want the meat tenderized or provolone? And Wanda said, Oh dear. And then and then this is like, I think tonight's going swimmingly. <laughs> he said, anyone up for Porchisi? Like, <laughs> my head's spinning. And, and then this is where Mr. Hart said, you hear that vision? My wife's head's spinning. I don't like, generally speaking, I don't like her head doing that. I'm like, well, anyone wouldn't like that being done then, you jackass. <laughs> because then we're talking about Poltergeist, you idiot. And Mr. Hart just says, you know, I'm beginning to think you're not management material vision. I had I hope to you. But what I see tonight, you know, together. He said, he said, look around. There's all this chaos going on in your household. He said, he said, he said, he said, now what are we gonna eat? And then Wanda said, dinner served. It's literally fucking breakfast. I'm like, I said, what the hell? And Mr. Hart's like, breakfast for dinner? And, and, and then Mrs. Hart said, how very European. <laughs> I was like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, if you guys have a problem with Europeans, you guys need to say something now then. So then, of course, they uh, all make a toast to the steam guest. And then this is, and then, this is, and then Wanda said, please eat before it gets cold. I'm like, it's probably already cold. <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course, this is the funniest part of the whole show. Mrs. Hart asked um, Wanda, so where did you move from? What brought you here? How long have you been married? And why don't you have any children? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you sound like everyone's mother after after their child turns 30. Why don't yeah, you have stereotypical children? boomer, boomer, um, <laughs> females, um, tell, <laughs> ask, um, younger generations of women why they don't have children yet <laughs> exactly exactly I, and i got this feeling that when i turn 30 my mom's gonna ask me the same thing like why don't you have children yet how long have you been married like i have this it's gonna be like that simpsons episode when apu tried to make it where he was married to marge just to try to get out of a marriage and his mother's like i can't believe you didn't tell me you were married and you had children <laughs> <laughs> Because either she's gonna get mad that they don't have children, or get married that they do have children. So, so anyways, of course, Wanda and Vision are confused as hell. So, so that's what makes the whole show confusing. And this, and this is where I get your point, Savon, because you're confused and I'm confused and they're confused because they're like, yeah, how long have we been married? Why don't we have children, etc. And and then Vision's like, I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from, and then Wanda doesn't know where she moved from neither. And then they just keep repeating where we moved from. <laughs> and then Vision's like, well, we were married. Uh, Wanda said, yeah, 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 we were married. Uh, and 
And then Mr. Hart said, where? Moved from where? Buried when? He said, and then, and then this room Mr. Hart said, now patience, Arthur. Let the children tell their story. They're setting it up. <laughs> and, and then this uh, Mr. Hart just got, like, bad as hell. He's like, he said, yes, what exactly is your story? He said, and then Mrs. Hart said, oh, just leave the poor kids alone. And then Mr. Hart said, no, 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 no. I really, I really mean, I think it's a simple question, honestly. Why did you come here? He said, he said, he said, why? He said, damn it, why? He, said, he was so mad that they wouldn't open up nothing to this man. You know what this man really reminds me of? He reminds me of that co-worker that you're around or like a college student that you're around. And they want to be in your damn business, and when you don't have an explanation for them, they start getting mad, like, damn it, why? Like, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, so then this dude starts choking to death. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Tavon, but this is the funniest part of the whole damn show. Oh, oh I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, poor Mrs. Hart. All she says is, oh, Arthur, stop it. And then she's <laughs> laughing. And she's laughing the entire time. She's like, stop it. It's like, and, and she keeps saying stop it in, like, all these acting ways. Like, she's like, oh, stop it, Arthur. She says, stop it. She says, stop it. Like, like it sounded like some fucking Woody Woodpecker show. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, so, so here's what we've already learned about Disney. They'll throw in dirty jokes. They don't know what domestic means. Oh, and, we already and, know Disney pretty much stores <laughs> um, dirty jokes. Just look at Aladdin. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, and then look at Pocahontas. I mean, and Frozen. At, oh, my God, yo. It, I mean, we can literally name like a thousand shows or movies <laughs> that do this shit. And what's even worse is, like, they even tell you it's funny to laugh at people that are choking to death. And that's what's the fucked up part about everything. And this man literally dies literally for a whole minute and Wanda and Vision just sit there shocked as hell I'm like this man is choking to death you can at least do the Heimlich maneuver you crazy people like <laughs> instead instead they watch this poor man die literally and then and then Mrs. Hart is saying stop it but she's still laughing and now she's starting to cry I'm like what the hell I'm like didn't you just laugh at him <laughs> and then she keeps saying stop it so then so then Wanda said, and then she got, then Wanda got all serious. She's like, Vision, help him. I'm like, the fuck? I'm, I'm like, bitch, you go help him. You're the one that kept looking at him. Oh, shit. I didn't look at him. I noticed how Vision didn't even want to save Mr. Hart. That's what the funny part of the whole show was. He didn't even give a shit about Mr. Hart. He just said, he's like, you know what? Mr. Hart didn't enjoy my house. He didn't enjoy my wife. So, you know, I hope he dies. Like, that's what he's kind of hoping for. And then he gets, like, the sausage out of his throat. And then right after this here, they just they hmm. immediately go home. They, he's like, he's like, oh, would you look at the time? He said, he said, it's time for us to go home. He said, and then Mrs. Hart said, yes, we better be going. And I love what Mrs. Hart did. She put her hands behind Wanda's head and said, this guest is leaving your house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then, of course, they said, thank you for coming. And they just went home, and then and then Mr. Hart said that Vision was going to get a promotion. I was like, did you hate this man the entire night, and now you want him to get a promotion? <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm like, Vision did not prove anything to me about a promotion. He really didn't. And then, of course, literally, the lobster that was lost is on their door. <laughs> and Mrs. Hart 
says, oh, what a lovely doorknob. And she knocks the damn monster. I'm like, what the hell? This, Mrs. Art kind of made the whole night funny. But what was the funniest part, though, was that choking scene. Because I, I, I'm sorry, man. If, I will say this here, though. If my future wife said, Zach, our kids can't watch WandaVision, I have to honestly agree with her because, no offense, they kind of did make it where choking seems like funny as hell. And I'm like, what the hell? And then WandaVision sit down, and they're like, we don't have an anniversary, we don't have wedding rings, we don't even have a song. And and then and then Vision said, we can remedy that. He said, today can be our anniversary. So the anniversary is August 23rd, which is the same day as Kobe Bryant's birthday. And one day... Wow. Um, and then one day after mine, one day after Dave Chappelle's, and one day after Vince McMahon's. So... Um, and then, and then Wanda said, of what? Surviving our first dinner party? <laughs> and then, and then he said precisely, he said, our song could be yakety yak. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm like, you chose that song? Like, man, y'all really don't have musical taste in it. So I'm like, that, so that, all that, all that told me was Wanda Maximoff does not have musical taste and vision. But then again, it was either going to be that or E I E I O. So so they'll get so they get. If I had to pick the worst of the two, I would probably pick Yakety Yak two. And then the rings, they just made some rings right then and there. And and and, and then of course and then of course they gave a kiss. They ended the show, kind of like what Dick Van Dyke was or I Love Lucy, if you've never seen that show. Um, uh-huh. And then and then and then the show ends with someone writing down all these notes, like what you and I probably did. And then they turn off the TV, and so yeah, and then we have, to, and then we get like seven minutes of fucking credits. What the <laughs> hell? We had seven minutes of credits. They didn't show you a preview for the next episode or nothing. They said, you know what? Fuck these people. We'll give them an ep- We'll give them a preview episode when they, when they, when they, when we feel like it. <laughs> I was just like, man, but but um, that was the funniest part. Of it, but it was a good first episode confusing but we're gonna get more into those episode two and three we'll review monday night after raw um so definitely um monday night on raw though of course we've already got some stuff um ready to go we got mvp returning to action to the ring as it will now be the new day versus bobby lashley and mvp um wwe announced that change during a commercial break on smackdown last night so so at least we'll finally be getting that. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be MVP's first match, I believe, back since March, I believe, which is actually a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, on AEW, we have a street fight stipulation added to the AEW tag team title match. It'll be the Young Bucks versus Penta and Eddie Kingston in a street fight match for the AEW tag team titles on Wednesday. So, so at least they changed up the match, but now that pretty much tells me that the Young Bucks are going to win via distraction. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Triple H discussed Samoa Joe's new role in the New York Post. Triple H said the plan um, said the plan for Joe t- to work behind the scenes for NXT was something that was already being talked about prior to Joe being released on April fifteenth. Triple H said it was something that we were already talking about, anyways. And what people tend to focus on because the vision is the um, in front of the camera, the character, the side of it. But what Joe and I have been talking about for a long period of time before COVID, probably from the time he started in WWE general, is that he's a very smart guy. 
and that he's very business oriented. He has a level head and all those things. Um, and we discuss what is the future like and what, how can we build the future? And he was enormous with the other side of the business and what we do. That was the opportunity for him to transition no different than what you say. Well, he was released from this pitching contract and started managing the team and became a coach. It's a similar situation, Triple H added. When asked about the recent string of WWE cuts that have taken place over the last year, um, Triple H said that it was something that all companies had to do eventually, especially in the light of the COVID-19 pandemic. Triple H said coming out of COVID and a pandemic and everything else, all companies are having to make difficult decisions, and we were no different. He said it's part of what we do, and it happens on a regular basis. All companies have to do it. It's not the most pleasant part of what you do, but it is what it is. So I've got to ask you this here, Tavon. What's your thoughts on Triple H saying that Samojo was going to have a job in NXT no matter what? Um, he, he explained it um, well because, I mean, when Samojo pretty much got released, I mean, I mean, it was pretty much, yeah, it was pretty much the, um, moment where we were thinking about the Samojo sweepstakes, where he's, where is he going to go? Was he going to go to AEW? Was he going to go back to Impact? Well, now he's pretty much back in NXT, so it's like, well, yeah, I mean, Samojo is back, and um, I'm excited, and yeah, we're all excited for him in the future when it comes to him against Adam Cole, Walter, Karrion Cross, The list goes on and on of the talents that NXT has there. Also, last night on SmackDown, we had four NXT wrestlers wrestle. We had Tony Storm, Odyssey Jones. Odyssey hmm. Jones is real name Omari Palmer. He hmm. um, is a former football player for the Syracuse Orangeman football team who was signed with hmm. WWE since 2019. He worked mm. against Robert Roode. Um, Karrion Cross was also back, and Shotzi Blackheart was back as well. So uh, more than likely, Shotzi and Karrion Cross are coming to the main roster because that's already now being confirmed yeah. now because because they're not going to have Karrion Cross keep working all these dark matches and everything like that. And Shotzi's now coming up too. So so at least we've got two more people that are pretty much confirmed. So 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 more than likely Johnny Gargano is probably going to be the guy that beats Karrion Cross for the NXT title, which is shocking. Yeah, I it's shocking I- because like when I first when when Karrion Cross first won the title, I, I I was pretty much expecting a very long wing from him. Well, not that I would think he would probably beat Adam Cole's record because Adam Cole, he already beat Finn Balor's record. So it's like, well, damn. It's like, damn, Adam Cole, he literally beat Finn Balor's record, but then Karrion Cross beat his record. It's like, well, well, goddamn. Like, like, it's been like pretty much the second year in a row in which the NXT, in which somebody's longest winning NXT title win gets pretty much beaten but yeah I mean I would but yeah but unfortunately he his carrot cross his shoulder was injured and he had to vacate the title and then Ben Balor won it and he had a pretty good win with it and then Karrion Cross won it at takeover stand and deliver 
and that was an awesome moment. And yeah, with Karrion Cross being called up, it's like, oh man, like I would have loved to see him have a long reign with the NXT title reign, but knowing that with all these releases, I mean, I mean, damn. I agree. Um, I mean, and I mean, this is actually very shocking to me. It actually is in a lot of ways. Because I never once thought that we were actually going to say, well, man, Karrion Cross is going to have this short title reign. I never thought that we would yeah, say Yeah, I would have never imagined that. I mean, I would have said he would be... I, I would. I wanted to say that he would be a guy that pretty much came and debuted last year, and he has this undefeated streak. Well, in singles matches, because, well, he did obviously lose that tag team, NXT tag team title match to Oni and Danny Burch. But, yeah, he had this undefeated streak. He wins the title, and it's like he was going to add add that reign up, in which it gave us in which it was going to give us interest of, hey, who's going to be the guy to take down Cross? Who has the potential to beat Karrion Cross? But sadly, I mean, with him being called up, it's like, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. And it's very actually weird, too, for NXT, because the championship brands that we've seen, like the NXT North American and the NXT Championship, it seems like since 2019... Every time we have a new champion, it's because of, like, for example, the North American Championship to me. I don't know how it is to you. And I wanted to ask you this here. But I feel like the North American Championship is already prostituted. Because, they, because remember, they put it on Leon Ruff to draw a rating. They've given it to Johnny Gargano twice. Um, mm-hmm. Bronson Reed had it, and then he just lost it quickly. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah Swerve Scott's going to do great with the championship, but I feel like the championship has now became such a prostituted title. And then it was before on TV, it was treated as so heavily. You know, Velveteen Dream had a had a strong title reign with it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, you look at, you know, you look at Gargano. He had a strong title reign with it his first time around. Um, you know, you look at Ricochet. He had a strong title reign. Adam Cole, you know, you know, and, and now it's just like, man, they prostitute this title. And the NXT title has had has suffered the injury bug. When I look at the NXT championship, for example, um, last year at this time, Remember, they kept going to like a brand new NXT champion. It felt like because because um, mm. remember Keith Lee lost it to Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross dropped it, and then we had to have like Adam Cole and Finn Balor and um, Champa and Gargano have a four way sixty minute Iron Man match. Yeah, and then the next week they gave you Finn Balor, uh, Adam Cole on TV, and it was like it's like they kept going to like a new NXT champion like three times in six months, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I've wanted to ask you though, what is your thoughts though on the NXT North American championship? Do you think that title has been prostituted or do you think that title just does not mean anything more anymore now? Or, or do you think it has the potential to get built back up? I've always thought of the NXT North American championship Pretty much just like the Intercontinental and U.S. title, they're they're basically 
they're basically secondary they're basically secondary titles they're mid card titles you you the person that holds that title it it pretty much tells you that they will be pretty much a future future world champion i think it has the potential to be built back up with Isaiah Swerve Scott while it would have been it would have been great to see Bronson Reed hold it for much longer but knowing that he's going to the main roster I don't think Bronson Reed has much to worry about I mean Isaiah Swerve Scott he has tons of potential um he'll I think he'll hold the um title pretty long and well I agree. Um, and Isaiah Swerve Scott better hold the title long and well because because who else are they going to be able to give it to, man? Like, like because um, because I just got that feeling Santos Escobar is coming to the main roster now too. I mean, because they could have put it on Escobar, but but like I've said here, I wasn't mad that they put it on Scott. I just thought Santos was the guy because remember they were still teasing Santos and Bronson Reed to still feud. Um, Speaking of a teaser that aired on last week's NXT UK, it was confirmed this week on NXT UK that Blair Devonport is Brie Priestley. Ah. So, so she will now be joining NXT UK. Um, hmm. Priestley said in the video that aired on NXT UK, I've wrestled all around the world. I've sacrificed everything to get where I'm at today. I've given up friends. I've given up family to master what I do. Did you really think I wouldn't end up part of the greatest women's division on earth? Blair Devonport has arrived in NXT UK, and Brie Priestley is now officially there. So Brie Priestley has now been in every major company for a woman. She's been in Stardom, she's been in New Japan, she's been in AEW, and she's now coming to WWE. Hmm. So she has literally been to all the major places. She's she's been, been on there. Impact. Uh, no, no, she's actually not been on Impact. Oh. Hey, this is. That's, mm. that's actually the next one that she actually has to do, technically. I mean, but she's been in the big four major companies. I mean, um, how about this here, though? Um, of course, um, of course, we had SmackDown last night. We um, had um, – Tavon, what did you think of SmackDown last night, um, if you saw it? Um, I did see SmackDown. Um, SmackDown, I mean, it was good. I mean, it was a it was a good – Sure. While it didn't necessarily have Roman Reigns and Cesaro there, and pretty much the West that weren't on the show, I mean, it still managed to be a good show. I thought it was a C plus show. Um, if I had to give a letter grade on it, to me, here's why I said it was a C plus. Um, I just felt like this show had like maybe two things, two or three things going. The rest, they didn't. The rest was just all filter, and and we're gonna get into that. So of course, SmackDown starts with the Edge segment. Edge made his um, entrance and jumped in the ring. He know that WrestleMania was supposed to be the um, commission of his journey. He was certain that he would win the title ten years after retirement. Edge. Um, still can't believe that it didn't turn out the way he envisioned. He thinks about the match all the time and even rewatched it. He pointed out he could blame Daniel Bryan or Jay Uso for not winning the championship. He admitted 2006 Edge would have complained, but he said things are different <laughs> in 2021. 
You know, no offense. The 2006 Edge would have just been spearing the shit out of people and shit like that. <laughs> uh, no, no, like no offense. I I wanted to see the 2006 Edge, man. This is this 2021 Edge is like weird. He really is weird because no offense, like like oh I don't complain no more. I'm like you're complaining right now. You just said that you <laughs> you just blame Daniel Bryan and Jey Uso. So like Edge is like trying not to be a heel. But he has heel mannerisms, which makes zero sense. I'm like, okay, like, so, so I'm very confused by this Edge character now. So then, of course, Edge is now certain that he can beat Roman Reigns by himself. Even Reigns knows Edge can beat him. So they showed a steel shot of Edge with a crossface on Reigns using a piece of the broken steel chair, and he had the camera zoom in to um, show the fear in Reigns' eyes, and they piped in fake laughs and cheers. Which this is where I felt like was the cheesiest point of the show. I'm like, oh, like you guys had to be that cheesy with fake laughs. I'm like, you guys pre-recorded fake laughs, like a studio soundtrack. I'm like, man, I'm like, and I thought Wad Division was cheesy, but that was <laughs> the cheesy point. I'm like, man, you guys really were cheesy on that one. <laughs> so then, Edge knows he's got Reigns' number, and he said he's in Roman Reigns' head forever. And that he promised to win the Universal Championship at Money in the Bank. So then Jimmy, so then Paul Heyman's looking at this in disgust. And I love how Paul Heyman did not say a word to like the last 10 minutes of the show. So Paul Heyman's pissed. Jimmy Uso approached Paul Heyman in Roman Reigns' locker room. He was furious that Edge insulted Reigns. And Uso said that he's got Roman Reigns back just like he know Reigns would have his. Mm. And it was promised to get Edge back for his comments when Reigns arrived. And Paul Heyman was, like, happy. And then when Jimmy Uso left, Paul Heyman just went back to being mad. <laughs> so then so then we had to have the heel moment of the night. Because, because no, this is truly heelish, Taylon. I mean, Rick Booz comes out. He introduces King Shitsuke Nakamura. Yeah, definitely. Pat McAfee is literally on top of Michael Cole's <laughs> neck doing Shitsuke Nakamura poses. I'm like, I'm, I literally said... I literally said, how is Shinsuke a babyface at this point now? I'm like, Shinsuke is not a babyface. He's so heelish. <laughs> Everything he does is heelish. And even Pac McAfee is a heel now with this. And, and then, of course, um, they had to recap again how Nakamura beat Corbin for the crown. And I'm like, we're still on about that? I'm like, wasn't the whole point that we were stopped talking about this, man? I'm like, this is annoying. It's boring. So then Big E comes out. And and then they announced it was a tag team match. I'm like a tag team match. I'm like, for what? So like, why do we need a tag team match? I'm like, what? For what? I'm like, what? Like, doesn't SmackDown always start every week with a tag team match? They yeah, not gonna lie, it kind of feels like a, yeah. It, it, it is. It's and this is the problem about the tag team match. It's kind of like AEW. Not, well, it is, but the thing is, so at least with AEW, the tag team matches are at least entertaining to watch. These tag team matches aren't even anything entertaining because we all know Big E is not a tag team guy. We all know Nakamura is not a tag team guy. And it just seems like they just don't have anything else. Like Now, the Seth Rollins, Bailey versus Bianca Belair and Cesaro last week was a really good tag match. But then we went back to below average wrestling again because Big E and Shitsuke defeated Baron Corbin and Apollo Crews in 8.56. I feel so bad for Apollo as an Intercontinental Champion because they could yeah. really do something great with Apollo, but they don't even care. They're just like, you know what? Fuck Apollo. Like they're I like, mean, like, they're, like, 
like things would have been better for Apollo. I mean, if you still had Buddy Murphy, but no, you had to let him go. And what's even worse is, did you know this here? This came from Garrett Kidney on Twitter. Biggie has not had a match that has not featured Apollo since back in March of 2021. That is weird. Wow. That is weird, man. So poor Big E. I bet Big E's always like asking like the agent like Adam Pierce or like Tyson Kidd or Jason Jordan like, <laughs> yo, why am I always working with Apollo every week? Like nothing changes. And you know on the house shows, you know in two weeks they're just going to do nothing but Big E Apollo matches for the Intercontinental title. Which is just going to be even more weird. It's just, and, and I, I, I'll tell you this here: no one's not going to buy house show tickets because because if I had to buy a house show ticket, and they tell me the main event is Biggie Apollo, and I get like an old dusty finish where Apollo retains, do some <laughs> bullshit, I'm going to be like, dude, this is the worst house show I've ever seen in my life. I'll be like, no, man, I, I, I would not even take a woman. That I would even want to – I would never take – here's the thing. I would never take my future wife to a WWE house show because I know they're not going to be entertaining. I would probably take her to a pay-per-view because because pay-per-views that aren't WrestleMania are actually really fun. And yeah, they I, are. And, and here's the reason why I say that here. Because if you go to a pay-per-view that's not WrestleMania, not Survivor Series, not Royal Rumble or SummerSlam, they're actually – a very easy pay-per-view to get through because here's the reason why. They're easy to get through. You don't have to worry about big crowds. You don't have to worry about sold-out things. The concession stands are, are as light as possible. Hmm. And you can also get out of there in a very good time, like traveling-wise. Like, 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 like say you get there you know, and you want to get an Uber after the show. You can easily get an Uber. You won't have to pay like an exorbitant rate. Mm. But, like, if you go to one of those big four shows, you have to pay a big price because mm. those are, because those are the big and, – and it takes sometimes 30 minutes for an Uber to get there wow. because, like, because like the WrestleMania that they had in 35. Oh, yeah, 35. Oh, yeah. That, I, I saw that, Wikipedia on that. Yeah. Yeah, though it was – the rain literally happened after the show, so it was literally terrible. It was mm. just terrible. I know people that were literally three miles away from their hotel, and they couldn't even get back into, and they couldn't even walk across their hotel because it was that pouring, that bad. Dang. So, 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 I will say this here: that it is very easy to go to these WWE shows when I mean, it's not one of the big four pay per views. Because I went to TLC in 2017. That was the huh. the Shield reunion with the Kurt Angle, you know. Uh. And it was at five on three. And that show was so fun to just watch. It was it was so fun. I didn't have any problems. The tr to get there was easy. To get out was easier. Um, AJ and Finn Balor had this Awesome oh, match. Yeah, that match. And, and AJ traveled 20 hours just to make it on this match. And I'm like, wow. I'm hmm. like, and I was, and, and because he was in South America and they needed him wow. because Bray Wyatt had gotten meningitis and so did Roman Reigns. Dang. And, and that, and, and, and what's funny is they didn't even tell anybody to get like their shots or anything because, but, but they want you to get your, but the, it was just like, it was funny because like usually even like two of your top talents get meningitis. Usually they pretty much like tell you, okay, like you guys need to like get your flu shots and shit. Like, come on now. <laughs> like you guys need to get them because it was like December when that happened. 
And I was just like, I was like, I'm surprised WWE didn't tell him like it. But but it was funny, and I loved and I loved that show. It was so much fun. It was uh, it was like it was like a three hour show, but it didn't really feel like a three hour show. The main event, no one was like dead for it. Like I know people will say, oh, the main event was so dead. It wasn't dead. Like there were people cheering because like you know, and it was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Target Center, and people were cheering about that match. Everyone liked that match. It was just like it was just like the thing was though when we were like getting to like the finish that's where like everyone was starting to leave because everyone knew that the shield was gonna win after like because it, it, it just felt like when Kurt Angle did like that spot where he got injured I just felt like they did like that spot where they were just like like I knew people were just like leaving because they knew the shield was gonna win but it was not a bad show it was not it was a great show so of course this match was so weak. This tag match opened the show. Baron Corbin comes out, and you think they would go back to the normal Baron Corbin entrance music? No. We have to get the King Corbin music. And then Greg Hamilton, the ring announcer, buries this poor guy. He's like, and making his way to the ring, weighing 265 pounds, King, he's like, oh, wait, Baron Corbin. (laughs) And then Baron Corbin looks sad. He He looks disgusted. I mean, I don't know if he's supposed to be a babyface, but if he is, he's not He's not doing a good babyface work to me. I'm just like, ugh. I'm like, this dude's a babyface now? I'm like, ugh. So then Corbin – so then Apollo Crews and the Commander Aziz are literally yelling at Corbin. They're like, they're like, hey, get your head in this. And then Pat McAfee on commentary is like, oh, shake, off the, shake it off, Corbin. He's like, the next win is the big win. And then Michael Cole literally <laughs> buries him too. And then Michael Cole said – Baron Corbin's lost over a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, how the hell did he lose over a hundred thousand? I'm not so sure if I could buy that. I mean, he is a wrestler getting paid to perform, so there's that to factor in. And and here's what I hate about these storylines, Tavon, because remember they did this with the Big Show in 2013. Like, oh, with I, the I Iron... didn't know that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, in 2013. They did the same shit with the Big Show with an ironclad contract, and they buried <laughs> Big Show every fucking time on TV. Like Stephanie McMahon, Triple H were always burying him. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, just two years ago, remember when Kevin Owens went to Shane McMahon and said a hundred thousand dollar fine was uh, outrageous because he has kids. <laughs> and I'm like, isn't that Heath Slater's gimmick? Like I was like, so I didn't understand. So so I hate these storylines where they say like the wrestlers broke because we already know wrestlers don't make great money. So telling me that a wrestler's broke makes your company look really bad because I'm like, you're really telling me that this is a guy that's on Fox with two million viewers watching, and he doesn't have like he and he's literally going broke. That's mm. so. That's go away heat to me. Now people, people don't think that's go away heat, but to me, that is such go away heat. Like when <laughs> Kevin Owens did it with Shane McMahon, at least I could buy into that. But with Corbin, I can't buy into that because for one, the feud has already sucked, and I don't believe Megan Morant and and Megan Morant sounded so robotic. <laughs> asked, like, how much money did you lose? And Baron Corbin said he, he's lost over $100,000. I don't believe that. I'm just like, and then, <laughs> so of course, so of course, here's how the finish goes. Corbin looks like he's actually getting ready to actually probably pick up a victory. And then Rick Boogs just, out of nowhere, he's on, <laughs> uh, uh, just gets on the um, on a mic and says, whoever owns a Cadillac CT something, <laughs> 
he said, he said, your car's being towed. And, like, Baron Corbin's like, what the hell are you even talking about? And then, like, they literally show footage of this guy's car being actually repossessed. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? And then, and then Pat McAfee's like, Pat McAfee's like, He's like, how the hell did Rick Boogs know that? Did he call a tro-tucking company? I'm like, <laughs> and Michael Cole's like, Michael's like, well, Pat, maybe Baron Corbin should have paid his bills. I'm like, but Pat McAfee actually made a great point. How the hell did Rick Boogs know that? I'm like, and how the hell did he know it all of a sudden that that car was coming to get repossessed right in that moment of time? So the finish sucks. Of course, um, Biggie and Nakamura won. Um, and, and, and then, of course, Cruz and Nakamura were just, like, brawling around. So, so it, it was like – and then, literally, you could literally hear in the background because, like, Corbin was in the <laughs> ring afterwards. And you could hear Biggie, Rick Booz, and Shitsuke laughing in the background. Uh. And, like, Apollo <laughs> Cruz and Commander Aziz were already gone because I was – I didn't blame them. I'm, I'm like, man, I wouldn't even want to be in there neither. <laughs> so then, of course, we had a Bailey-Bianca Belair segment. And this segment was good, but it started off weird. Uh, Bailey discussed pinning Bianca Belair last week. She proved that Belair beating her at Hell in a Cell was a fluke. I'm like, uh, not really. Um, So then she mocked Belair for getting pinned so early in her title reign. Bailey warned Belair to get her hair in the game because they're returning in front of fans in two weeks. Bailey's certain that she's in Bianca Belair's hair. So then they piped in the fake you suck chance, and <laughs> Belair heard enough, so Belair made her way to the ring. And what's funny is Bianca Belair comes to the ring, and she's literally just whipping her hair back and forth. She's dancing. She's happy and all this. She's smacking her butt. <laughs> exactly. And then she gets to the ring and tells Bailey, you're not in my head. And then she tells Bailey a minute later, okay, you are in my head. I'm like, okay, so, 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 like, so why, why you come out always happy and shit? Like, why do you always do that, then? Because it's annoying. <laughs> you, you keep saying that you're happy-go-lucky, and then you're not happy-go-lucky, so I'm like, I'm getting confused by Bianca Belair. So then, long story short, Bianca Belair said that she would challenge Bailey. She'd give her one more chance at Money in the Bank. Bailey's, like, excited. And I don't blame Bailey, because I'm like, <laughs> this is, like, two times now where you've just literally just been annoying and you get a championship match <laughs> you know like drew mcintyre should do should just keep doing this shit then like if that's the case because like if, in fact in fact why is it everybody in wwe just doing that it, Big E should just start being really annoying to apollo <laughs> then if that's the case because i don't even get this so then bianca Belair challenged bailey she said she said bailey she said there's one match i can beat you in that'll make you shut up for good she said an I quit match. And Bailey was shocked. And then she started laughing. And then Bailey's like, You can't be serious, right? And then <laughs> Bianca Bell and then and then I'm like and then Bailey's character has to be like, Okay, I wanted a championship match, but I didn't want a championship match like this. Like I'm like What kind of championship <laughs> match did you want? You already lost a regular one, you already lost your hell in a cell one. This was the only one that actually made sense unless it's a hair versus hair or a ladder match. I'm like, so then like, Belair started laughing at her, which I would have started laughing at her, too, because, like, you just won the championship match, and now you're scared. And then Bianca, and then Bailey's like, what the hell is so funny? And then Bianca Belair said, because I can't wait to hear you say I quit. Because Bailey would say, like, I've never quit anything in my life. She said, if I quit, 
I would quit SmackDown. I would quit WWE. Loser leaves WWE. Exactly. <laughs> I and quit even, match. Exactly. And Bianca Belair literally just let her say that. And I'm like, I, I was like, I was like, I know what they're gonna do with Bailey. This is like to get her off SmackDown so she can go to Raw now. <laughs> so, so then Jimmy Uso approached Paul Heyman again in the locker room. Jimmy Uso wanted to know why Reigns is uh, is waiting to get Edge. Uso thinks. I know why Reigns isn't wanting to make the first move. He's like, he wants main event Jimmy Uso to make the first move. <laughs> and Paul Heyman had the best face on his face. Paul Heyman was like confused. He was like, huh? Like, <laughs> so then Uso said, yeah. He said, I'm going to tell Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, save some room for tonight's show. Because I'm going to whoop Edge's ass. And then Paul Heyman started smiling. And then Paul Heyman. Like, and then as soon as Jimmy Uso left, Paul Heyman was just mad again. Paul Heyman was like, okay, fuck him. Like, he was like, fuck him. Like, so I was like, what the hell? So, so, and, and this one I don't understand, Trayvon. If Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley fight each other, we have to get seven security people. If Jimmy Uso just says to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville, hey, save some room for the last 10 minutes because I want to kick Edge's ass. Yeah, cool. Go ahead. No one gives a shit. Like, like no security <laughs> won't come save you, you big dumbass. Like, like, like oh, you want to be a dumbass tonight. Okay, great. Great. Okay, dumbass Jimmy Uso is saying I want to fight Edge because I think I need to step up and become main event Jimmy Uso. So, so I like that Paul Heyman just said, okay, you want to be a dumbass? Okay, no one gives a shit. So then we had a last standing um, Money in the Bank qualifying match. Kevin Owens defeated Sami Zayn. A 24-minute match they got. And this was actually a really good last man standing match. They both worked hard. They told a very good story. Um, Michael Cole... And this is where this was like really annoying the first three minutes of the match. Michael Cole had to keep explaining to us what the fuck a last That's man standing it. match is. And I'm like, we know what a last man standing match is. We're not idiots. You know, like like he had to keep going over the rules like at least like at least three times. And I'm just like and then and then of course this is the first last man standing match to take place in over um six years or seven years or something like that. So this match starts off fast as hell. Owens literally hit a cannonball in Sami Zayn right in the corner to start off the match. He rocked Zayn with some chops and threw him into the barricade. And then, of course, um, and then of course we kept going. The only thing that killed this match a little bit to me, Tavon, was the commercials. Yeah, definitely. I mean, These com- commercials, yeah, they definitely, they, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you this for one thing for sure, yeah. Like, ever, like, pretty much ever since, well, yeah, if, if you, if you were to look back at, like, pretty much the early 2000s, like, 2001-ish, you, you would note, and if you were to compare the episodes of Raw and SmackDown to, to today's episodes of Raw and SmackDown, you will notice that in 2001, Raw and SmackDown didn't even have have commercials during the matches. You you literally had full matches, and then it would have segments, and then it would be on commercial for for the for the bumper. Nowadays, it, it, there always has to be a commercial during a match, which is which is why I I think it kind of k- kills pretty much the matches on shows. That's why I 
pretty much. That's why I have more emphasis on the pay per view matches than the TV matches because the pay per view matches matches they don't have commercials. So yeah, and and also I think what also kills it as well is, for example, you go to commercial, and this is a, a clear case of point. You go to commercial in any WWE match, and the heel or the baby – like, say, for example, the baby face always does a big move to end – to go to commercial. And that makes mm-hmm. sense because you want it because then – because you want to end the commercial doing something high-flying so that way – so that way you get the anticipation that they want to come back and they don't want to miss it. However, here's the confusing part. When you come back from the commercial, the heel has the heat. And there's no, like, commercial – like, there's no replay during the commercial break of why the heel did this. They used to do that, but then they got but then they got rid of that for some reason. Yeah, like, they became I lazy. I mean, nowadays, I mean, Vince, I mean, creative. They just put commercials just, just to maximize profits, pretty much. Exa- exactly. And, and, even, and even what I hated about this here – was the second commercial break. This is what got me mad. Literally, Kevin Owens stacked up the two tables. And then Kevin Owens is just super kicking Sami Zayn in the corner. He just super kicks him. And then Kevin Owens looks like he's going to go for another, like, powerbomb and, like, a cannonball. And then, literally, Sami Zayn throws him over. Yeah, that was an awesome spot. But here's the problem, though. We went to commercial. Yeah. And then we come back. And Kevin Owens has heat, and I'm like, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> That's what co- that was was so confusing, because literally, if I showed this match to someone after the second commercial break, they'd be like, "Well, why the hell is Kevin Owens back on his feet and everything? Shouldn't that have been like a <laughs> ten count?" I'm like, "Exactly." So then they get. So then, of course, we come back again. Zayn followed up with a Haluma kick, but Owens beat the count. He hit a second Haluma kick, but Owens held up. Zayn yelled at him this time and saying, this is karma. So Sami Zayn hit a third Haluma kick. The ref almost got to the 10 count, but Owens rolled outside of the ring to stand up. So Sami (laughs) Zayn was furious and then went for a DDT through the ring post, but Owens countered with a super kick. Owens followed up with a pop-up power bomb and a stunner. Zayn rolled to the floor, but Owens followed him out there. And then this, Kevin Owens told Sami Zayn, "This is karma." He power bombed him through the announce table, power bombed him through a table, and then Owens picked up a third uh, time and got a power bomb on the ring apron for the victory. I love this match. This is three and three quarters. However, here's what I will say to people though. Because a lot of people are actually going to hate this match, believe it or not, Tavon. Because here's why I know they're going to hate this match. Too many super kicks that were overdone. Yeah, pretty much. And 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 don't forget, Kevin Owens didn't do any thigh slapping. He never did a thigh <laughs> slap with his super kicks. Sami Zayn, he did, I think, one thigh slap, and I think that was it. But he did so many Haluma kicks. Kevin Owens did so many power bombs. So I understand if people hate this match. But... I'm not gonna be like the I'm not gonna be like the guy that says, Well, you're just out of touch. We all know who that is. I'm not gonna say <laughs> you're out of touch. Because even I will admit that like like okay, I can understand if they hate this match because we all know he'll say that we're out of touch and all this because like, oh, they, if they did it on AEW, 
you wouldn't care. I'm like, uh, I would care. <laughs> I'm just not going to care as much. So, so of course, Kevin Owens wins. In the back, Megan Morant approached Edge. She asked Jimmy, she asked about Jimmy Uso calling him out, and Edge said, Megan, right? He said, he said, I know it's a trap, but I don't care because he's tired of Roman Reigns and his family. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then, <laughs> Michael Cole confirmed Bianca Belair and Bailey at an iFit match for Money in the Bank. In the back, Rick Boogs followed Baron Corbin around and said, hey, me and the guys were in the, um, locker room and we, uh, and we wanted to know if you would like to go out for some king crab and 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 I'm, I'm just like i'm just like man fuck you <laughs> i would have just told rick Boone, go fuck yourself. so then so then rick Boone said hey hey i know that you lost your car but it'll be easy when you sleep on your king size mattress tonight <laughs> and i'm just like this dude's really like asking to get punched he really was <laughs> and then corbin said you think you're funny huh and then Corbin said, you know what? Screw you. And I'm just like, you should have punched that motherfucker. You should have punched that <laughs> motherfucker as hard as you could. Because I wouldn't even have been mad at that anymore. So then Sonya Deville announced the next participant in the women's Money in the Bank um, ladder match. Fun fact, literally she gets an entrance. And it's not even her entrance music. It's the SmackDown theme. And then she has to sit in that ring for four minutes during a commercial break. <laughs> Oh man! So so then she recaps, of course, Carmella being the first entrance last week, and then the second one, Selena Vega, which is great. We get Selena Vega back. Yeah, um, Selena is back. Exactly, and I know telling people that Selena Vega had resigned with WWE because I'm like I'm like she's not coming to AEW. Um, there's a lot of, now. Now here's the thing. Now here's the thing about this year. Now I'm gonna say this year because you and I both know, we all know why she left. And it was yeah, the, the whole thing with the unionization and Twitch. Exactly. And and um, her having an OnlyFans, which she doesn't even post anything on there. So, so I mean, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler people, she charges you $50 and you get nothing. Like, so don't be upset. Don't be oh, upset that man. much. Well, it is, well yeah, yeah, because, like, literally someone had paid $50 for it. And he say, said, Selena Vega doesn't even have but one bikini pick. I'm like, you really paid $50 for that? I'm like, what? I, if, if Aubrey Edwards charged fifty dollars for an OnlyFans, I'd be very scared to pay it because I know all Aubrey Edwards does is do the video game stuff. So I, even <laughs> I would even so even I'm like I'm like you paid fifty dollars for Selena Vega's OnlyFans and you're upset. I'm like I, I can't actually be upset at Selena Vega. I actually have to be upset at the jackass that paid the fifty dollars. I, I would never be. I'm never I mean, upset. she has. I'm pretty sure she had plenty of. Bikini pics on Instagram, at least. Well, 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 she does, but the thing is, though, on her OnlyFans, it's cosplay ah, yeah. outfits, and they're not like, and they're not PG thirteen. They're just her with Alistair Black in them. So that was the whole point. But this is my issue here. You can't be like mad at the woman for charging that. Like here's like here's like here's like people think I always get mad. That like a woman will charge so much for OnlyFans? No, because it's their it's their property, and if they want to sell it to a enormous fee, that's fine. Kate, Kylie Ray was charging people thirteen dollars for the Patreon, and then remember she quit that the day <laughs> after the, the day after Patreon takes She money really told that guy sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was and, and and I was I was like, you know, I can't be mad at Kylie Ray because you know what? 
it's it's their fault. They're the idiots. They should have been knowing about this. And, and Kylie Ray, I'm not mad at, and I'm not mad at Slim Vegas because I'm like, you know what? They made they made their money. They did what they had to do. You know, I'm never going to be mad about that. So my thing is about the unionization. If you're mad about that and you still have a vendetta against her because she deleted the tweet, she did this. Let it go, man. Like yeah, like, because- basically, I, I'm pretty. Sh- yeah, I can I can confidently say this. Selena Vega, she she easily gave that up a, a long time ago. I mean, exactly. at yeah. this point, it's like it, it it's like I can pretty much care less because hey, let's be honest, Twitch kind of kind of sucks anyway. I mean, it's literally the worst platform of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and also too, you know, like. We all knew this unionization thing wasn't going to go anywhere anyway. We all knew it wasn't. And 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 I'm not and the thing is to I'm not mad about Selena Vega going back to the company that she feels comfortable with. She could go to AEW. Sure, she could have went there. But the thing is so she should have went to AEW and stuff. It's not like they were going to put the women's championship on her there neither. They would have just told her just go be with Andrade. You know, and, and I don't think she wanted to do that. You know, and, and, and people are going to be like, well, she's just going back to WWE. They're just going to bury her. I'm like, I'm like, you know what, though? She's making money. She's getting paid. She works for the best company in the world. She works for the, well, I'm not going to say the best company in the world, but the company that is seen as the best company. The top company. Exactly. She's going to always get her check every week. She's never going to ever be denied money. She's going to get proper training. She's going to be able to use the Performance Center gym as much as she likes. She's going to be able to – and not to mention too – and people wonder, well, why do people love WWE and don't ever want to leave? Here's the reason why. Because when you go to AEW and you go to Impact and all these places and you're a wrestler, you have to book your own flights. You have to book your own travel dates and stuff. And you're in mm. WWE. You don't have to worry about travel dates. You don't have to worry about wrist tape. You don't have to worry about medical. You don't have to worry about nothing. That's mm. why everyone feels so comfortable in WWE, because when they leave, John Moxley even said this here before. He said, when you leave WWE, he said, you have to book your own flights and stuff. You have mm. to then do everything that way. And that's why even Kenny Omega has said, if I went to WWE, I could turn my brain off. And it's very true. You can turn your brain off because here's what you can do. You turn your brain off and you just and you play the actor that you're supposed to be playing. Everything else you don't yeah, have to worry about. Much. You know, you're literally going to get taken care of. You're going to literally be – like if you get injured in that ring, they're going to cover you for your injury. You're still yeah. going to get paid at home. And that's why. But, but then again, a lot of people don't like WWE. And that's fine. You know, a lot of people believe they can do their own traveling, and 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 it and it's true. But at the same time, though, and then there are other people that do get travel accommodations and impact in AEW, but the travel accommodations are not going to be what they are in WWE. Like in Impact, you can get traveling accommodations, but it's not a good traveling accommodation. That's why no one never takes Impact traveling accommodations because literally, Impact doesn't have the money like that to be throwing out there. So literally. You could be taking like three plane trips just to get to Nashville if you live in California. So you, you have to be yeah. careful. But anyway, so Selena Vega came out as the next entrance, and Vega said, "Sonia, great to see you." 
She said, she said, she, and, and, and then, and she's like, so you, did you miss me? She's like, uh, I know that you missed me. She said, she said I missed me too. And then Liv Morgan came out, and she was furious this time, and I actually can't yeah, blame Liv Morgan. So. And I can't blame Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan said, so let me get this straight. You gave it to Carmella last week, and then you give it to Selena Vega this week, and Selena Vega hasn't even been here in seven months. And then, and then Selena Vega said, oh, you jealous. Like, I, I was like, <laughs> I said, well, that actually does make a good point. So I thought Liv Morgan was going to be in this Money in the Bank ladder match by now. Yeah, not, for sure. The, like, like and, here's the thing, like, because, like, because, like, at this point, I'm pretty sure WWE is pretty much dragging the whole storyline of Liv Morgan being added to Money in the Bank a wee bit too late when she should have already like been at it when she beat it Carmella. So yeah. Well, to me, it seems like they're actually trying to do a feud between Sonya Deville and Liv Morgan, which is like weird because I'm like, isn't like Sonya Deville's job to be like the next general manager? I'm like, now they want to just just do Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville. I'm like, okay. And then, and then Liv Morgan. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. And then Liv Morgan slapped Selena Vega and then told Sonya Deville, uh, watch me prove I can beat her. And actually that beat- one, that one, that, that would actually be a good, um, way to bring back Sonya back in the ring. I mean, SummerSlam 2020, that was pretty much her last match. I mean, you could have Sonya Deville, you can have Sonya Deville come back this year's SummerSlam and face Liv Morgan. Yeah, you could. Um, but, of course, the segment ends with Liv Morgan slapping Selena Vega and then saying, Sonya Deville, I'm going to beat her. She said, just give me a match to prove it. And Sonya Deville did. And Sonya Deville watched this match again at ringside. Uh, well, actually, she didn't watch this match at ringside because she was backstage with Adam Pearce afterwards. But anyways... Um, Selena Vega almost beat Liv Morgan by ho- by holding the tights, and then the referee Jessica Carr saw that and she said no. <laughs> so then Liv Morgan pinned Selena Vega using the tights, and Jessica Carr doesn't see that. And I'm and then Selena Vega's like pissed off, and I'm like, yeah, I'd be pissed off too, actually. Yeah, I'm like, and this match yeah, didn't even go a whole two, and this match didn't even go a whole two minutes. Dang, I'm like, man, <laughs> I was like, I said, man, this is sad. And, and but then again, but then again. I figured this was Selena Vega's punishment. No offense. It is her punishment. You know, she did leave the company in a bad way, so we had to get some heat back on her in this way. And you think that Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce would be watching this match? No, they're not. They're just chatting backstage. (laughs) And Seth Rollins walks in laughing. Like, this man's laughing like he's the damn Joker. He's like, (laughs) he said, he said, he said, Miss Deville. Mr. Pierce, he said, <laughs> Seth Rollins, multiple time champion. He said, I've been a universal champion. I've been a WWE champion. And Dave Meltzer made this great point on Wrestling Observer Radio. People don't talk like that. And 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 and, 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 and Tavon, it'd be easy if one person just said that. It'd be easy if one person just said, like, it, like for example, the Miz just said, "I'm a multi-time champion in all this," and he said that. If one person said it, it'd be fine. But when you have Bailey, Seth, Miz, Morrison, all these guys saying it on all these shows, you go like, 
man, is that the only verbiage they know? Like, yeah, like, like that's the that's the thing about that's the thing about promos in WWE. I mean, I I think I think I think creative got got a tight hold on on their um promos way way too much like they they got you gotta let them breathe a little i mean let them let them give them some stuff to talk about i mean give them some things to cool things to say exactly and and it was just and it's just like you know and seth just kept repeating the same stuff that it, and bailey even said that in her promo earlier with bianca belair on that show and i was just like and then adam pierce said seth we know who you are and seth's like Oh, could have fooled me because last week I came in here and asked you, could I face Roman Reigns? And you give it to Edge. And then, and then, and then this what Sonya Deville says. Sonya Deville said, well, he's Edge. And Seth Rollins says, and he lost at WrestleMania. And then Adam Pearce said, Edge has won multiple championships and everything. We cannot deny his resume. And Seth is just like looking at him all stupid like he's something. This is what, and then this is what Adam Pierce said. He's like, and Edge never got his one-on-one match for WrestleMania. And Seth said, and whose fault is that? He said, you're the idiot that put Daniel Bryan in that damn match. <laughs> and it is true, he did put Daniel Bryan in the damn match. And he's like, yep. and, 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 then, and, then, and then Adam Pierce was saying, he said, the decision is final. And then, and then Sonya Deville said, but next week, you can earn your opportunity in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Win the briefcase if you beat Cesaro. And then Seth just walks away laughing. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, that's all they gave for Seth. That's his, like, that's some bullshit, man. I feel bad for Seth. I was like, I said, you know what? Fuck both of them. Like, I would have just told them to go fuck themselves. So, of course, then we had, um, they recapped Otis destroying the Street Profits again. Otis with this haircut of his beard looks weird. It just does. Um, I said he looks like Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and and this is the thing here. I think Otis can actually get over with this gimmick. I actually do. I actually do believe he can actually get over with this gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Otis beat Angelo Dawkins in two minutes. A squash match. And Otis hit the Vader bomb for the victory. Um, good stuff. I mean, I guess if you if you like Otis, I mean, and Otis is getting pushed. I mean, I just I just wonder where this is going to go for Chad Gable because I have a feeling a month after they have fans back, they're going to have Otis turn on Chad Gable probably, or um, they're going to yeah because they're going to have Chad Gable get killed by Otis. Mm. So then because because we all know we're setting up for the Street Profits to come back to beat Otis and Chad Gable, so. Jimmy Uso approached Paul Heyman in the back and wanted to know when Roman Reigns would show up. And Heyman noted that Reigns shows up when he wants, which was the whole point of this show. And even Roman Reigns even told Jimmy Uso one time when they were taking on the Mysterios for those tag team titles, saying, No one don't give a damn about some match on TV. (laughs) Pay-per-view matches is where you make the money. And then, and I was like, Yep. and, And, Jimmy Uso still did not learn that. And and then, of course, he told Uso to be main event Jimmy Uso and call out Edge. Uso liked that idea and head to the ring. And then Uso, for like a whole two minutes, just was just calling out Edge. He pointed out that Roman Reigns isn't there and he doesn't need him. So then Edge mocked him. And Edge said, you do know 
that they gave you a trap. He's like, and then and then Edge is like, what happened to the guy that just said a month ago that said he wouldn't be nobody's bitch? <laughs> he's like, he's like, now you're Roman's bitch. He's like, he's like, he's like, Roman just used up your brother, and now he's gonna use you up. He's like, and Roman and Paul Heyman just set a trap. He's like, except the trap is for you. And Jimmy Uso's like looking around, and Jimmy <laughs> Uso gets his ass whooped. And then Edge, then finally, and then he finally gets some offense on Edge. But the issue is, here's the reason why he stopped getting offense on Edge. He looked around for Roman. I'm like, get him whooping at his ass! Stop, stop looking for your damn cousin! He ain't coming! It's, it's 9.57. If he didn't come at 9.50, he ain't coming at 9.57. He's, the show goes off at 9.58. It's 9.57. You better get ready to get your ass whooped there. Yeah, so oh, he, and that's the thing about SmackDown nowadays. For some reason, it ends too it ends two minutes earlier than what it's supposed to. Like, it's supposed to end at 10, but it's literally like an hour and 58 seconds. I can actually I mean, explain 58 that. minutes. I can actually explain that. The reason they do that is because the local news wants two minutes. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, 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 but it's just like, it's just like, what the hell, man? Like, you, you really like doing that to this poor guy? I'm like... So, so it was like 9.57, he gets speared, then Edge breaks off a piece of the steel chair and puts Jimmy Uso in a submission hole, and Jimmy Uso taps out like a bitch. And I'm like, okay, well, that was it for the show. I'm like, <laughs> so that's why I said the show was a C-plus. Outside of the Edge, Jimmy Uso, and the Kevin Owens, um, um, Sami Zayn match, this show was so filter. It just didn't mean nothing. It was just like, uh, whatever. So, <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, what would you give your letter grade for SmackDown if you had to this week? Uh, I mean, knowing that it was an all white SmackDown, it definitely wasn't terrible. Would I say that? Would would I remember this being one of the greatest SmackDowns? Nah, definitely not. But it was a good SmackDown just to build up for Money in the Bank, but yeah, I would have to give it a C plus. C plus, yeah. Same thing I said. Um, our NXT breakout tournament has its first two participants on last night's two oh five live. Andrew Andre Chase and Joe Gacy won their respectable matches. Ah. Uh, Andre Chase defeated Gur Raju in a qualifying match while um, Joe Gacy defeated Desmond Troy. So, mm. um, any big other news? How about this here? CJ Perry, Lana was blindsided by the WWE release on the Chris Jericho podcast. She did a podcast yesterday with the with the former WWE superstar Jericho, and of course, um, she said that she was completely blindsided by her call from John Laurinaitis. In fact, she thought that the reason John Laurinaitis was giving her a call was because quote. She was doing something for an outside TV project that she needed approval for. So that was the reason why Laurinaitis – that's the reason why she thought she got the Laurinaitis call. So then she got a call when, when it was – a lot of her family was at her house, and she and her husband Miro are renting so they could train more. But when she got the call, she heart dropped, but she was also relieved, she said. CJ Perry said that she was texting Mandy Rose at the time, so Mandy Rose was the first person to know. And then Natalia, she called. 
and she said budget cuts were and she said budget cuts were the um, given reason as why she was released. Um, and she was glad it was John Laurinaitis who actually gave her the call. She said he's actually more businesslike and very more nicer than Mark Carano would have been. Mark Carano, mm. of course, was fired for the for the Mickey James handling of the bag situation where yeah. she put Mickey James stuff in the garbage bag. She said this McMahon texted her thank you for all of her contribution and work ethic, which is very, very nice. CJ mm. Perry was very complimentary of Vince McMahon, Triple H, Paul Levesque. Brian Road Dog James and Billy Gunn for helping develop the Lana character in NXT and her WWE work. McMahon Ooh. scripted all of her promos her first year in WWE, which was actually something that I actually did not know. Hmm. She isn't sure what's next as it's only been three weeks in her 90 day non compete. She doesn't want to be res- she doesn't want to be done with wrestling because she's felt like she's improved so much in the ring. She works out with TJ Wilson, that's Tyson Kidd, and Natalia mm-hmm. constantly. And Liv Morgan. Um, and if it is wrestling, she wants a no, a no-cut clause due to her consistent state of fear of being released of wrestlers have. So I'm pretty sure AEW is going to give her that. No offense. Like, I don't think AEW will ever cut her or Miro because, no offense, Tony Khan really loves Miro. And Miro's getting ready to make Tony Khan a lot of money anyway, so yep. I don't see any of that <laughs> happening. Um she said it was hard to say goodbye to the Lana character as she wanted to do so much with this character. She even talked about the Survivor Series match last year where she got backed into a win by not doing anything. And C.J. Perry thought it would it would have gotten over bigger had it had been in front of fans. But McMahon yeah. wanted the finish and he and Shane McMahon thought it was hilarious if she didn't get in there at all. And she won because um, Nia Jax and I guess it was Naomi on that other side that had the double count out. Oh, and no, there it was, was Bianca. Oh, there we go. Okay, Bianca Belair. And there was supposed to be a table spot in the match, but that was pushed back from Roman Reigns because of a planned table spot in the match that night between him and McIntyre. So she talked a lot about the Thunderdome era and how working in front of no fans was difficult. She turned to social media to get feedback and was overwhelmed with the negativity. She was happy to be out of the Performance Center and live in the Thunderdome because McMahon couldn't rethink the show and rewrite the um, show 17 times. Wow, so McMahon was doing all that in the Performance Center. In fact, McMahon even had it where she was on um, set of the Performance Center for 19 hours just to do a 60-second backstage segment. In fact, Five hours of it was just filming this 60-second segment. Mm. Exactly. Man. Um, if you want to know who does the filming for backstage segments, uh, talk to Bruce. Bruce Pritchard. Um, she said she was surprised by how much she got buried on Twitter and the dirt sheets and feels she resonates with live crowds much more than what the internet um, says. And Jericho said the live audience is a reflective of 90% of the overall audience, while the real hardcore fans are about 10%. So it is an hour-long show if you want to check out the Jericho podcast about C.J. Perry's. And C.J. Perry gets into more stuff. But but you know what, though? I, I actually do really feel bad for C.J. Perry. You know, um, she is very, very talented. You know, like, I know she says she wants to do wrestling. But Tavon... I know C.J. Perry is more bigger than wrestling. C.J. Perry is someone 
that could make more money than the Bella Twins, in my opinion. Definitely. Because she she's she's someone that people like like automatically. She's she marketable. Very marketable, very nice, a Florida accent, went to Florida State, um, you know, a Nashville Predators fan in her own right in NHL. She's a woman that could really be advertising for the NHL, for Fashion Nova. She could be making a lot of money, you know, and she also has an acting career. That's also mm-hmm. what a lot of things that a lot of wrestlers don't even have. Usually when wrestlers get released by a company, usually a lot of them don't have fallback options. Or they, if they do, you know, everyone just says, oh, it's AEW. But with C.J. Perry, it's not only AEW, it's acting, it's TV shows, it's everything. You know, it's not like C.J. Perry is just stricken to one thing. You know, you, because usually, when we talk about Aleister Black, what was the first thing that we said about Aleister Black? We said, well, he's either going to go to AEW or Impact. We didn't say, man, that Aleister Black could sure act, can he? Like, we, we never <laughs> said that one time about poor Aleister Black. We never said, man, this Aleister Black can really act, can he? Like, no, we said, we said, man, fuck Aleister Black's acting. His acting sucked on that show. We said, man, he better go to AEW. Like, but, but with CJ Perry, you see so many bright opportunities for her. You don't see no negatives. And she really is someone that is very nice charismatic you know she did so great with the lana character her first year in wwe with rusev you know she really did and and Mm -hmm. don't forget and and don't forget on the jericho podcast too she talked about the engagement um about when the engagement broke when she was in that um love storyline with Dolph ziggler and everything so Mm -hmm. so definitely some good stuff about there um so definitely but that's um of course some other wwe news we're going to get into the last two parts of the show. Um, NXT UK featured a Heritage Cup title match. I did see NXT UK this week, but I only saw just little stuff of it. Here's what I did see. Um, we had Emma McKenzie defeat Isla Dawn in six minutes. I was mad about this match, to be honest. Here's why I was mad. Why didn't Isla Dawn get the victory? <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty uh, much. I mean, Isla Dawn is already more experienced. Exactly, but it's just like, man, I was so upset. I was like, poor Isla Dawn. I'm like, they don't even show this woman love. And Isla Dawn's really one of the most beautiful women they got in WWE. Yeah, she's and definitely and, pretty. And and they don't even and they don't even give you like and they don't even tell you that. It's just like, man, we had a video recap of Walter's Pulse match attack on Ilya Dragunov after the latter victory in that triple threat match the week before. And then Wolfgang and Mark Coffey were backstage um, talking about their friendly rivalry. Coffey said they were 1-1, but he had an idea, and then they walked away. So, And then, of course, we had the Heritage Cup, which I did see, and I liked this match. I, I was just upset this match didn't go as long. Uh, Tyler Bate defeated Jack Stars at two falls to one to retain in eight minutes and 43 seconds. Round one, they just traded holes. Um, and Bate got a near fall at the as the round ended. Round two, Bate scores an early fall at 37 seconds to go up one nothing. And then, of course, uh, Bate went for a Lamastra cradle, but Stars turned the move around and scored a pinfall at 2:09 to tie things up at 1-1. Round four then went um, back and forth, and then Tyler and then Tyler Bate was able to then eventually escape a Boston Crab. 
get a few strikes in with the bop and bang, connect with a lariat and a rolling kick and a Tyler Driver 97 for the pinball victory. I actually like this. I really did. I just thought it should have went a little bit longer. And I love Heritage Cup matches. You know, you know, I'm a sucker whenever they treat wrestling like a sport in WWE because when they when they treat wrestling like a sport in WWE, they do it they do it better than any other company. They really do because like they really tell you like look here, mm-hmm. this is going to be a legit wrestling match, and I liked it. I really did. Of course, bait a prodded stars who um, sulked away. And set by the barricade, Mark Coffey followed by Wolfgang then came to the ring. He congratulated Bate and then quickly slapped him and then rolled out of the ring. So it looks like so it looks like we're gonna get um, uh, Mark Coffey versus um, Tyler Bate for the Heritage Cup. But my thing is here, Mark Coffey is like literally like taller than Tyler Bate. Why slap him and then just walk away? Couldn't you just whoop his ass? Like, like Jack Stars wasn't going to help. Like, Jack Stars just sucked by the barricade. He's like, Jack Stars is just looking all gloomy and shit. I would just fucking just whooped his ass. I would whoop Stars' ass, too. You had whoop game right there. What the hell? So, the tag team champions, pretty deadly, had a photo shoot and Skid Scala approached to, who they have to keep saying he's the assistant to the general manager. Shouldn't this man just be the damn general manager at this point? <laughs> I, I, I saw Sid Scout and I was like, they still call you that? I'm like, Jesus. So then he said he's giving subculture a title shot. Um, was a good idea and proposed a match for next week. Pretty deadly declined and told him to make them earn it. Scout then made Howley versus Mark Andrews for next week. And if Andrews with subculture then gets the tag team title match. So, so basically they – so pretty much – Sid Skyla said, hey, I'm going to give Subculture a tag team championship match. And Pretty Deadly's like, well, we're not going to accept it. And then Sid Skyla's like, okay, well, you can just face Mark Andrews. And if he wins, then you can face him if Andrews wins. He's like, better. Like, <laughs> so, so Sid Skyla doesn't even get respected. Okay, great. <laughs> then we had um, the Mecha Sotomora in-ring um, segment. The NXT UK Women's Champion said she was very happy to finally have beaten Kaylee Ray. Of Kaylee Ray, people are probably wondering what happened to her. She went and got married. So congratulations to Kaylee Ray on her new happy marriage. Mm-hmm. And the NXT UK um, was her home now. She was quickly interrupted by Nina Samuels, who says she wanted to congratulate her and that Sakamura needed more Nina Samuels in her life. <laughs> I actually, I, I actually like this segment. I was like, I said, you know what? She does need more Nina Samuels in her life. <laughs> I, Nina Samuels to me is just like. The perfect character you can't hate. I don't know why. I can't hate Nina Samuels. In fact, if she was on the main roster, this would be everything Vince would love. Because she's literally yeah, just... probably. She, this is all gimmick. She's perfect in her role. She's annoying as a heel. She thinks she's more prettier than all the women. I <laughs> loved it. I was like, I, I'm sorry. Nina Samuels, to me, she already wins my heart. She already wins my heart when she does stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? You're funny, Nina Samuels. I, I I got nothing to love for. Suddenly, she was attacked by Emil, who threw her into a barricade and the ring steps. She got into the ring and confronted the champion, telling her she would not congratulate her, but wanted to take the title off her. Sodomora decked her with a stiff form and proclaimed, no more talking. You get a match. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Emil smiled while rubbing her jaw, saying, you know what? Tape on. Emil saw Bailey and said, you know what? Let me just be annoying. Like, 
<laughs> and then get punched in my fucking jaw <laughs> for nothing. Like, uh, uh, and, and then you know what made me mad? You know what made me mad about this match? I was like, Nina Samuel should get her opportunity. She was out there first. I was, I was <laughs> mad at my TV. I said, I said, so Nina Samuels gets put in the back of the line again. I said, I said this. I said I was not okay with this. So then we had uh, in a clip from last week, Rampage Brown was on a couch backstage. Why is there a couch backstage? Like, what the <laughs> hell? I was like, how the hell did they get a couch back there? So Joe Coffey entered and got um, down next to him. He smiled and said, well, that settled nothing. Referring to their ongoing match series. So, so they both smiled and they left. I'm like, okay, so we're going to get Joe Coffey and Rampage Brown killing each other again. Was it the three-way, the point of this? Like, So on NXT UK, because we don't have no pay-per-views or nothing, and we don't have no mid-card titles, Tavon, we're just going to keep fighting to fight. So Yeah, basically. Although I would say, I mean, isn't the Heritage Cup kind of a mid-card title? No, because Walter's never on there. Mm. Because to to me, now now now, if you said the X Division title on Impact because Kenny Omega holds the World Championships, and I would say yes, but the Heritage Cup they, they and the Heritage Cup is technically not a title; it's technically a trophy that you carry around. So, yes. so, but at the same time, though, you know, I mean. I feel like this is like the twilight zone of just wrestling feuds because I'm just like <laughs> I, I get I, and I get so upset because everyone says, "Oh, well, you don't need 37 titles." I agree with 37 titles is too many, but if you don't even have six titles on your show, look at how bad everybody looks. So confused, they look like guinea pigs that just keep running on the damn wheel and they don't know where they're going. Yeah, basically, it's so sad. It's so sad, and, and that's what know, makes NXT kind of the least. Kind of the least popular of the three brands because it's like, yeah, I mean, their 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 roster on paper, I mean, it looks solid. It's it's no it's in no way in shape worse, bad or terrible. I mean, it's a pretty solid roster. But if you were to compare that to Walls roster, SmackDown's roster, and T's roster, yeah, it it kind of pales in comparison. It does, and 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 I also you know feel bad though, for I do feel bad for the NXT UK talent because they suffer more than anyone does. They don't have no fans, you know, and and they really and they really you know are having great matches, but they're not getting that they're not getting that notion of credit. Yeah, and it is and it is very upsetting, but but I also have to say this here though that you know they need to you 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 cannot have a wrestling company. You cannot have a wrestling company and just think, okay, well, we only need two or three titles. That is – no, because AEW thinks that's what they get away with. And you're going to need mid-card titles. You're going to need titles for each show. You definitely need to establish at least five titles a show. Like on the Dark and Dark Elevations, it's just matches. They're just matches. They're, they're like, And the thing is, I can watch – you know, I can watch, you know, Dante or Darius Martin of the flight of top flight and I can see them have a match with Matt Seidel on dark. But the thing is, they're not going to improve in the rankings. They're not going to get in the rankings, you know, and they're just wrestling to wrestle. You know, you need to have a reason as to wrestle, yeah, you know, storylines. 
And like, for example, people will say, well, the UFC does all these shows and the UFC doesn't have title fights every week. That's true. The UFC doesn't have title fights. But you know what they do in the UFC, though? If you win your main events, you get title fights. If you win your fights, you move up. Look at Zero Gone. Zero Gone's 9-0 and and he's getting an interim championship match against Derek Lewis on August 7th. That's because, you know why he's getting it? Because he won on an ESPN show on ESPN Plus. He beat Alexander Volkov. It's mm-hmm. about, it's, you know, you have to want to make someone want to watch it. You know, you can have like three or four squash matches, but if you don't have any stability as to why I should watch, it's just, and like, and poor Rampage Brown and, Mar- and Mark Hoffman, they're killing each other, literally. And they're not even getting that kind of like, and, and you know, they should be fighting for something. You know, and, and, I, and I've always said this here too, not every title has to be a title. It can be like the Heritage Cup. Like, for example, in FCW, Florida Championship Wrestling, they had a they actually had a medal for the women, you know? And, mm. and you can actually do medals. You can actually do like a gold medal or something, you know? This is the perfect time if I were WWE to create a gold medal. You got the Olympics right now, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, you could create a gold medal, and here's what you could say. You could say, we were inspired by the Olympics, which we all know the Olympics is on NBC, and mm-hmm. WWE has a show on Monday Night Raw called the USA Network. And that would easily make USA Network officials happy. Oh, NXT UK is actually doing something nice and we're putting it on Peacock. That could be something to advertise, you know. But you're not even doing that. It's just like, man, you know, like, I wish there was more creative ideas for NXT UK. That's what I would hope. Yeah. Ava Valkyrie defeated um, Mia Smith in 344. Um, I didn't see that match at all, but... um, so yeah, and then Kenny Williams compared him compared himself to a cockroach. Like, what? <laughs> because they are the most resilient animals. I'm like, no, they're not. They always get squished quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and then he called out Nathan Frazier for next week. I'm like, this was such a terrible promo. I'm like, who the hell wrote <laughs> Kenny Williams's promo? Like, he compared himself to a cockroach. I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm like, like it, I I can tell Kenny Williams never saw the movie Men in Black. Because because the whole point of Men in Black was remember the cockroach kept getting killed. Like, <laughs> so Trent Seven was walking to talk to a journalist um, backstage when Any Dennis approached and rattled off his losses to A Kid Jordan Devlin and himself at Takeover. And it feels so long since any since we had a takeover in NXT UK, and I forgot yeah. any Dez did beat Trent Seven at a takeover. So Seven reminded him that after takeover, he gave Dennis a burning hammer through a table and smashed his shoulder into 150,000 pieces. Dennis sulked away, and then a graphic announced for the match between them were for next week. And then, of course, in the main event was A-Kid pinning Jordan Devlin. Um, this was a great match. Great match. I can't can't say enough about this match. Here's my only thing about this match, though. I thought Jordan Devlin should have been winning because isn't Jordan Devlin the one supposed to be coming back to America for the Cruiserweight Championship? So uh, it was kind of weird to see A-Kid win. But, you know, Jordan – but this was a great match. It was, it was actually a surprising finish. This match was really good. Devlin – uh, fell to ringside, but managed to snap the um, managed to snap the bottom rope into A Kid's face. Seconds later, he drop kicked the steps into A Kid's knees, and then 
drop the um, Spaniard knee first onto them. Devlin went for the Devlin side, but A-Kid jumped over him and turned it into a destroyer. Devlin locked in a cloverleaf on A-Kid's injured knee, but A-Kid escaped and transitioned into an umpatella and then an armbreaker. Devlin escaped once more, and somehow A-Kid um, somehow bent A-Kid's knee in a way that a knee was never <laughs> never intended to be bent um, as his foot was on the mat. So it was, like, weird. A-Kid immediately and frustratedly tapped and a number of um, referees and medical personnel stormed the ring. So I, I don't know why I said A-Kid won, but Jordan Devlin did win. But, but yeah. Um, but, yeah, Jordan Devlin, though. Um, oh, my goodness. So, sorry, sorry I said A-Kid pinned Jordan Devlin, but I don't know why I said that. <laughs> that. That was funny, though. That was funny. But, anyway, so but Jordan Devlin celebrated, but that was, yeah, nasty, nasty spot, though. Um. I would recommend you watch this match, but if you see this spot though, Tavon, you're gonna be like, Ooh. Yeah. like, <laughs> like you're gonna be like, oh man, that wasn't fun. But it was a good show. Um, good show. Didn't have any problems with it. Next week we got Nathan Frazier, Kenny Williams, Lewis Howley takes on Mark Andrews for a future shot at the tag team titles, and Eddie Dennis, Trent Seven. So seems like a skippable show next week, but could be. Um, yeah. And then next, and then we had NWA Power Results. Uh, Melina took on Kaylee Ray in the main event yeah. of this week's a um, NWA Power. Melina got booed by the audience despite being a babyface um, in the recent weeks. So uh, of course in NWA they don't have any babyfaces. Um, well, uh, sorry, well they like in the NWA they don't have fans really. They have maybe like fifty fans in the the Atlanta like studio um, taping mm. where they do and. Of course, um, Melina has like technically been a heel on the TV show, but Melina also gets cheered because we all know she's from WWE. So, of course, you know, Kylie Ray beat her, and they actually had a really good match. Um, Melina hit a DDT for a near fall, but Kylie Ray kicked out. Ray spun out, um, spun into an averted DDT position and hit a super kick on Melina for the pinfall. The show went off the air as Kylie Ray celebrated winning clean as a sheet. So this. So it was a really good match. I was actually shocked, though, they put this on television and not on that all-women's NWA pay-per-view that they were going to have because that could have really actually been something fun. But and maybe they might still do it, but, you know, I wouldn't have did it a clean victory like that. For NBA, yeah. New, yeah. for NBA News, Patrick Beverly will be suspended one game next year for pushing Chris Paul. So... Um, that's all that's going to be. Um, and former New Orleans Pelicans coach Stan Van Gundy doesn't think Zion Williamson had anything to do with his exit. Of course, these comments come after the Athletic reported after Stan Van Gundy was fired that same week that Zion Williamson's family were sick of him being in New Orleans because he's about to get his third coach in his third season. Van Gundy um, said on the Stupidity podcast, there's, a, there's really a podcast called this, <laughs> I, I refuse to believe this. I refuse to believe this. No, I, I've got it. I'm looking at this on ESPN right now. I, I refuse to believe there is an app. There really is. What the hell? There, Literally, Tavon, 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 the picture in this is a dude on the toilet. <laughs> I am not, I'm not watching this. I'm not watching this. I'm not watching that. Uh, and, 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 second, and second of all, Calling yourself Asian, not Asian, the stupidity podcast, 
Come up with something that works. I come up with keeping it 200, and that didn't even take me more than 37 minutes to think about what would I name my podcast. I never once said, man, I got to name my show The Stupid Podcast. I never got to name my podcast The Black Not Black Entertainment Podcast. You know how stupid I would have sounded if I said to have to open a show like, hey – uh, we're back for episode 37 of the Black Not Black podcast. Yeah. Like, people would be like, what the hell? Is this a Tide commercial <laughs> that I'm selling? Like, they would be insulted. No. No. I would never do anything like that. So, anyway, Stan Van Gundy said that I hate when it gets put on players that players are getting coaches fired and things like that. I think that makes players look bad. And I don't think that's fair. Players no, certainly have good. the right to express their opinions to people. And things like that, but front offices and owners make decisions, and they are the ones who make decisions to fire people. That should never be placed on players. I know this regardless of what happened in that regard. Zion's no coach killer. He's a guy who is going to help you win a lot of games. He plays the game the right way. One of the things I miss is the opportunity to, to continue to coach him. He's so unique in ways that he plays the game and the things that he can do. It really gets your mind spinning as a coach. And you have a lot of possibilities in what you could do with him. That was fun to explore. I'm happy with what we did with Zion, and I think we will. I think we helped him. How anyone else um, felt about that will be up to them. So, uh, Taylor, what what is your thoughts when um, Stan Van Gundy has nothing but nice things to say about Zion? Stan Van Gundy, yeah. Gundy said bad things about Zion. No, no, no. Just saying all the good things about him. You know, saying 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 that Zion was not at fault for him getting fired and saying Zion did did very unique things on the NBA court that um helped him um definitely that made Zion play great. Oh, um I think it's nice. I, I, I definitely do too. I, I don't think Stan Van Gundy should have just gotten fired after one season. Um it's not fair to to get fired. Um uh, of course Stan Van Gundy was then asked about um about the about his family about the family reports about his family being unhappy and Stan Van Gundy said I don't know anything about that he said in my mind I like coaching Zion I had a good relationship with him I had no problem I think we elevated his performance that we gave him we put him in different situations he handled the ball a lot playing a lot of point guard I think we did some good things with him if they were unhappy I didn't hear it Zion was un happy with us not winning more games but Zion never expressed to me any of that that doesn't mean he wasn't unhappy it's possible that they were unhappy with me that's what led to the change do you think that could have been Tavon probably probably I I have to agree too Um, could be Um, of course Stan Van Gundy did not have good relationships with Brandon Ingram as well um, with Lonzo Ball. You know, there was reports that he didn't have good relationship with both um, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball due to, um, due to that. However, Brandon Ingram did have an all-star season, and, you know, Lonzo Ball was a better scorer. He was a better scorer, though. So um, his assists were down to the lowest it's ever been, but, um, you know, he still had – he was still a very good assister. You know, I just thought Lonzo Ball and the system that Stan Van Gundy had – I don't think that it would have ever worked for Lonzo because Lonzo is not a guy that's going to be able to make those threes. And I think, and and I think it's going to be time where the Pelicans are going to trade Zion Williamson. So, um, or no, not Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball. So I don't know why I said Zion. <laughs> anyway, so 
We're getting ready to get into our 200 moment of the night. 200 moment of the night will be sponsored by American Express. Remember tonight, if any Milwaukee Buck or Atlanta Hawk player gets a triple double, you get 32% off the NBA team store. So just use AirMax32. That's A M E X 32 um, at checkout, and you get your 32% off if the player gets a triple double tonight. And we're gonna kick off the 200 moment of the night song with Dangerous. By Kendall Offshaw and featuring Akon. I can't notice my tools. Notice you. Noticing me. From across the room, I can see it. I can't stop myself from looking. Noticing you. Noticing me. Watch out, I've seen a type before. That girl is so dangerous. All right, Tavon, 200 moment of the night. Mm, all right. Um, you know what, Zach? Help me out here. What happened on W? What happened in WWE today in this day in history? <laughs> oh, man, you know what? That's actually a really good question. But yeah, because I'm not gonna can't... lie, I, I I had nothing. I was like, you know what? Let let me find some random WWE <laughs> event that event or a moment that happened on this day <laughs> well um doot, 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 doot. oh we actually do got one on july 3rd 2006 edge defeated rob van dam and john cena to win back his wwe championship on monday oh, night did. raw in um philadelphia pa however this match was supposed to happen a few weeks later on saturday night's main event mm. but the reason why it did not was because Rob Van Dam had to be suspended for his... Oh, um, yeah, that for whole the, marijuana thing. <laughs> yep, yep. And In fact, Bruce Pritchard recalls on something to wrestle with that Vince was furious when mm. he found out that Rob Van Dam and Sabu were literally um, driving under the influence. However, then Vince laughed 10 minutes later and said, it's just marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, but, then, but then, but 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 Vince said, "I gotta suspend him, though." He's he's like, "I can't, I can't let him get away with that." So, mm. um, it, it's it's very upsetting. Um, however, great match though. Edge did win the WWE Championship. Uh, of course, if you don't know what happens the next day, remember ECW was taped, but it aired on July fourth, two thousand six, mm. and that episode featured Big Show defeating RVD, where Paul Heyman betrayed him. Mm. Because they had to get the ECW title off RVD as well. Ah, yeah. So that's why, yeah. However, July 11th on the ECW show, Ric Flair and Big Show had this great match for the ECW championship. Hmm. Which is weird to think about, but they actually really did have an ECW championship match between Ric Flair and Big Show in an Extreme Rules match. Yeah, that says a lot about promotions that pretty much aren't still intact today. It, it does, but it's also very weird because I would never say, man, Ric Flair and Big Show had a match for the ECW Championship on July 11th. Never would have said that a day in my life. 
But definitely, though, but that was the only, like, historic thing that's happened. I, I usually get my stuff from a wrestling historian on Instagram, and he's also on Twitter, too, and he's also on uh, TikTok as well, which, for some reason, I don't know why he is on TikTok. But <laughs> anyways, um, but definitely, my 200 moment of the night, I'm actually just going to say um, a happy 4th of July to everybody. You know, uh, happy 4th of July mm-hmm. to everybody, man. You know, Tavon, Tavon, I don't know if you're going to be doing anything. I'm probably going to just probably go into Walmart and just buy some snacks, you know, and, and, you know, just, you know, just chilling out tomorrow, man. Um, You know, there's really, I mean, because there's no WWE pay-per-views tomorrow, you know. I'll probably be yeah. watching some more WandaVision. Um, and, and, and the first episode of WandaVision, Tavon, I've got to admit, man, this was actually a great first episode review. I did not think that we were actually going to have a good first episode review but man, we you and I were both cracking up. <laughs> we really were. <laughs> yeah, was, it, it was pretty much fun. I, I will say though, you know, we we were laughing more harder reviewing this show than we were when we watched the damn show. And and poor Mister <laughs> Hart, like 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 you're, like you're saying, people, we weren't laughing about the choking issue, but at the same time though. Like Mr. Hart, though, I mean, he was choking for like five minutes. <laughs> no one didn't get about that. Oh man. man. Oh man, good. I mean, good first episode, man. Um, of course, we'll be back uh, on two hundred Monday night after Raw. It will be reviewing episode two and three of it. We'll also be recapping the NBA um, Bucks and Hawks, and yeah, and, and we're not going to be reviewing Game Six um, unless the game unless the series ends, and then we'll review it Monday. But more than likely, we're not going to be reviewing that because, you know, tomorrow is July 4th, and I don't believe I'm working on holidays. I'm off on, on this holiday, and Tavon, I know that you don't even do college work or nothing on this holiday. So, 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 <laughs> so, 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 we don't, so, so we should never do any like type of work or anything like that on holidays. I've just never believed in those things. And, you know, this is actually, um, I remember I worked 4th of July last year, but the year before that, I did not. So, and f- fun fact about people, uh, July 4th, 2019, I remember this day. Very vividly, very, very vividly, Tavon. And this is a funny story. Uh, now I can actually laugh about it, but when I was going through a lot in 2019, I could not laugh about this. But I mm. can now. So here's what happened in 2019. It was July 4th, and Blueface had came out with a new music video. It was Bust Down featuring Offset. The mm. music video features Blueface, you know, as a janitor. And then he gets, <laughs> and then he gets promoted to a bus driver for some reason. <laughs> I don't understand how the hell he got promoted to a bus driver, from janitor to bus driver. And then, of course, he gets an assistant bus driver. And literally in the music video, there's aliens and shit. They're literally running over and shit. They're, they're literally trying to kill aliens and shit on the road. <laughs> they're driving. They piss off a flying saucer. They got a party back there with women. They got like 80 women <laughs> in the damn bus. And this is like, it's the weirdest shit ever. Uh, Blueface gets on top of the damn bus and starts dancing. They got Offset in the video driving a Humpty. And <laughs> Offset's not even driving the Humpty. He's literally in the back just dancing and shit. <laughs> and, they got, and they literally are dancing and making a music video on an actual school bus grounds. And Blueface does a backflip on the damn school bus. I'm like, what the hell? I said, this is the funniest video I've ever seen in my life. So then, of course, I remember that evening. It was around 5.30. It was around 5.30. 
I was living with my aunt at this time. I don't live with her no more. I have my own place. But I remember this here. The neighbors over us, there was a very young couple, a guy named John and this woman named Summer. This woman, Summer, had three kids already. Three <laughs> kids, and none of them were John's. So here's the thing. So and, and for pe- and people say, "Oh, you're talking about your neighbors and shit like that." Man, shut the fuck up. These neighbors piss me <laughs> off. Like so. So, anyways, here's what happened. This is the funniest shit ever. It was five thirty, and I started to hear some. I was like, hear some creaking. I'm like, what the fuck kind of creaking making at five thirty at p.m. And then, and then I heard the bed. Then I heard the headboard on the bed. And then I heard more squeaking. And then I realized he's fucking the shit out of her. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is fucking the shit out of this woman. Like, was Over like, me. was it like? Was he like was. next door, or was he no, like? No, no, he was no, he was upstairs over me. Oh, so and I'm downstairs on the side, and they're doing it literally because his bedroom and my bedroom are in the same bedroom. <laughs> so I could hear the bed literally shaking <laughs> as I'm underneath down there on my bed trying to take a nap. I was just trying to take a nap. That's what the fucked up part about the whole story is. People, people, people say, oh, he was probably playing with his dick when he was... And no, I wasn't playing with my dick for what? Well, that's some nasty shit right there. I would never jerk off to some bitch that got three kids and I didn't even know the bitch. So here's the thing here. So here's my thing here. I was literally trying to take a nap because I was so tired. And I, and then literally, I'm here and they literally go for like 30 fucking minutes. I'm like, damn, like you motherfuckers that morning on 4th of July, like damn, go look out some fireworks or some shit. And, and what didn't even make any sense to me was she has three fucking kids. How the fuck did they not hear it? I mean, shit. So, so I was laughing my ass off so hard. Oh my goodness. It's so funny to think about now, but if you lived over them, you would have been pissed off that day. So what I did was I took a broom, and I hit the broomstick up on the wall. So you know what they do? They go faster and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all motherfuckers? Like, I was laughing so hard. It was it was funny to now think about, but they were – and then literally you could hear the shower running right after. Like, literally <laughs> – I guess he nutted on her ass or something because she literally <laughs> ran into like the living room and got some towels or paper towels, some shit, and literally this motherfucker. <laughs> he, and all I heard was like some real fast footsteps. I know it wasn't him because because he literally worked at a job where he was like an oil guy or something like that for like trucks. And this dude was like not like a runner like that. He never was, but she could run and. This bitch ran like it was like some chicken run shit. Like it was like chicken run like took over the damn house real quick and then and then I could just like I'm just I could hear their shower and everything and I could hear their conversation and literally two months later it's announced she's pregnant with his kid. Which means that's four fucking kids, people. That's four fucking kids. So if you ever want to know how I felt about that, I'm not mad now because I feel like he got what he deserved because it's very rude etiquette to be fucking on the 4th of July, wait till fucking nighttime or something. And it wasn't like I didn't hear more of this. In fact, they would be doing this shit at night like three times a week and, and like, <laughs> it's like, like at two in the morning, two in the morning. 
I'm literally gotta get ready to go to work. You can hear these motherfuckers squeaking the bench shit. So you know what I did one day? Literally, I threw a shoe. Because I, I, I always have shoes that I always like. Because I get rid of shoes quickly. Because I don't buy like expensive shoes or nothing. So I threw these shoes like right at their fucking door. Late at night. And then went right back into my house. And literally, this dude <laughs> ran to the door, butt-ass naked almost. And he nearly <laughs> fell outside. So, so I felt like I got my So, But he learned a lesson that night. Stop fucking, please. Because i in the fucking mood. So uh, uh, now I'm selling Rick Boogs. Instead of saying King, I'm saying fucking. Like, which has King in it. So, but anyways, funny stuff, though. I, I enjoyed that. Um. But anyway, so it was funny though, um, and I, I hear that him and the woman Summer are still together, which is amazing because I could never be a, a person that's with a woman that's already got three kids. I mean, but then again, but then again, you know what? That child support bill has to be huge. I, 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 I bet, <laughs> I bet during the fucking pandemic, I mean, parents were getting like thirty six hundred dollars per kid. And she's got four. I bet. I bet he's. I bet he definitely loved her dad. He's like. He's like. You know what, man? I'm gonna love these kids. These kids are gonna be my kids. You know, we can go to Disney World and shit. <laughs> I can see motherfuckers saying some shit like that because, because trust me, because what did I tell you? Because what did I tell you? If he was getting thirty six hundred for just his one kid, and she's got three kids and shit, and she getting thirty six hundred, man, that's a lot of money, man. I'm telling you, man. I, I I bet he did. I bet he stopped working. I'm pretty much sure they stopped working. But um, <laughs> anyway, so if they ever hear this story, um, fuck you, because <laughs> you should have been fucking right underneath me. And I'm glad that she got pregnant and shit. That's what you get running running, running around like a chicken running shit like that. Bitch look like Amy Winehouse without a damn drink. Shit, <laughs> shit. At least drink some, bitch. Shit, he might give you some personality for once. Like, <laughs> damn, like this bitch looked like Amy Whitehouse without having a damn glass of wine. Shit, man, shit, <laughs> shit. And Amy Whitehouse ain't that fine of a motherfucker, but I bet, but I bet when she drank, I bet, I bet she'd be like, you know what, man? I bet it'd be like that ludicrous song. If I have one more drink, I'm gonna end up. <laughs> so, but anyway, so, but um, definitely though, uh, definitely wishing everybody a happy Fourth of July and everybody um, be safe. Um, please don't blow up your fingers like Jason Pierre-Paul did with his damn fireworks. Um, because Jason Pierre-Paul, a couple of years back, he blew up his fingers because he held a Mac-10 firework in his mm. hands and blew off three of his fingers. Of course, Jason Pierre-Paul is a Super Bowl champion this past year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was a Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants. He's a great defensive player, but people, you don't have to... Blow off your fingers in a firework. Don't do that, please. Because I, because and what's even messed up is, I actually knew someone um, named Dennis, a uh, very nice guy, very very nice guy. Um, except the only thing about Dennis was he was weird. Dennis, when he was nine years old, held fireworks in his hand, and remember, this is the seventies, so mm. Dennis lost literally every finger except two. Wow. So, yeah. Dennis had it more worse than others. Except, Dennis always did a fireworks class every year for free. And Dennis was a really nice guy for that. You know, he really is. And he always used to tell people, 
if the firework is about, he says, always think of fireworks as you think of cars with the object that the car could be closer than it may appear. If the firework is coming down, drop the damn thing and run 10 feet. <laughs> I was like, I said, I said, I said, that's a good point. So, so, so I always learn from Dennis, when I ever pop out fireworks, do it 10 feet away. And then, if anything happens, hey, it's not my fault. The firework did it. <laughs> so, but, but honestly, though, um, make sure to always, you know, don't don't do that. Um, also, Dennis um, died. Of course, Dennis, um, of course, is no longer with us. Oh. But one thing about Dennis, though, and 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 I know people are going to be like, well, how he died? I'm going to explain. This man drunk two 12 cases of Doctor Perky per day. Hmm. Yeah, he drank a lot. Walmart knockoff Dr. Pepper. Uh, it's where you're so cheap that you can't buy Dr. Pepper, but you're going to buy Dr. Perky. <laughs> That's nasty. That is nasty. Um, fun fact, though, he one time drank a, a Dr. Perky, and it had like a nail in it, and he got like $100,000. So, But he still kept drinking Dr. Perky. So I'm like, what the hell, Dennis? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Dennis. But Dennis was like always like a few five short of a happy meal. I always liked this. One time I remember I drove with Dennis one time. And Dennis actually let me use his car. Dennis had this nice car. Really nice car. It was a, it was like a Honda. And I told Dennis, I said, Dennis, can I drive? I said, I got my learner's permit. He's like, sure. Fun fact, I didn't have my learner's permit, people. So I remember I Dennis said, Zach, can you roll up the windows? I says, I said, it's getting cold. Uh, he's like, he's, he's like, it's getting. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna turn on the AC. I said, yeah, sure, Dennis. So I rolled up the windows, and I did not know his fingers were right there at the window. <laughs> so I rolled it up fast as hell, and the next thing I hear, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I said, what the hell, Dennis? I was like, ah! <laughs> I'm sorry, Dennis. I said, I, I said, I said, you should have put your fingers in, Dennis. Dennis said, stop by the 7-Eleven. We need ice. <laughs> so this motherfucker put two fingers in fucking ice for a 10-minute car ride. I was like, I said, Dennis. I said, he's like, he's like, yo, you wait till I tell your mom about this. I was like, I said, Dennis. I said, you ain't gonna tell mom about this. So, you know, I did admit it, and he said he was going to talk about it. I literally grabbed that cup and was about to throw that cup out the window. I said, like, I'll make your fingers be numb the whole entire trip, sir. So I said, don't try me today. Oh, my goodness. Fun fact, literally all we were doing was literally going to the park. I remember that day. I actually remember that day because literally we were literally picking up um, my mom's ex-boyfriend, John, and that's all we were doing. And I don't know how the hell it got to that, but it was funny as hell though. I remember John was like saying, "What the hell are your fingers doing in ice?" He's like, "He's like, oh, this lunatic right here got my fingers in the." I said, "I said, I said, I'm not a lunatic." I said, "The lunatic was the guy that blew up his fingers." I said, "I said, I said, I said, I said let's not start talking. I said, let's not start playing the blame game." So, uh, funny as hell though. Funny as hell. <laughs> Anyways, though, closest song of the day or the night will be "Scat." Featuring Tory Lanez, featuring the baby. 
And that will be all for Keeping It 200, episode 37. Make sure to check us out on Spotify right after, and make sure to check us out Monday after Monday Night Raw, where me and Savon will be back reviewing not only Monday Night Raw, but the conclusion of the Hawks Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll be reviewing um, episode two and three of One Division. Savon, thank you for joining me today on this 4th of July weekend, and make sure you have yourself a great 4th of July, Savon. I'll You're be definitely messaging you. Thank you. And I'll be definitely message you. I'll definitely message you soon, man. Guys, have a great, great weekend, and make sure to stay safe. Peace. Peace out.